Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. Those, like funny news. Anyways. Who's on those funny movies? Dun, 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 dun. You're bringing news to this. I'm bringing news. It's not like it, it's not super good news. I gotta get it. Church related or no? It's drug related okay. actually. Um, I saw it was all over TMZ Sports. Let me get his name so I don't butcher it. Hold on one second. Um, so the kid, um, TMZ News, Goldberg. Okay. This is horrible, actually. I don't have social media, but I guess it was all over. So Bill Goldberg on TMZ. So the his name is actually Sean Wee. Sean Wee. How do you spell that? Wise? Wees? Wees. Says well, like Wees. Like Al Wees. Yeah. Like the, like the yeah, two Al guys. Wees, yeah. All right. Sean Wees, who played Goldberg on The Mighty Ducks, which was my era. Like, that was movies that got me into hockey which and one everything. Was like, four of them? Yeah, but from the first okay. one on. Like, the first one was, that was, I got into hockey right after that. The Mighty Ducks, arrested in public intoxication, and it showed a picture of him. And let's just say he's not chubby anymore, and he definitely looks like he's on some cocaine or meth. Oh, wow. Because he looks like he's about 100 pounds there. He looks like about 100 years old. 100 years old and 100 pounds. To me, that's meth. Yeah. And so, anyways, it's not, it's not how he's messing around, um, but he's in a drunk tank. And it's not funny. This is just shows you how drugs, money, those, crazy. Those pictures are pretty gnarly. The before and after. Like, like, the one year of... Oh, yeah, you've like, seen those where they... Oh, the progression. When the rest, get on meth. Arrest records. Oh, yeah. Like, when they show those. They always look 70 years older, too. Remember yeah. when we saw um, on the plane... Um, Pauly Shore? Pauly Shore. <laughs> so, Pauly, Sh- Pauly Shore, the actor... I'm not, we're they, not saying he's mething around. No, 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 no. he and I are about the same age. Same age, and he looked like he was about seven. He looked like my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be seven years old. Well, it's, yeah, he was I'm intoxicated, old, but, but anyways, yeah. Okay, uh, next article. Uh, we're going to go quick. Squeezing we, the got, ju- we have an amazing Ask the Addict, uh, a long him, one. Okay, go on. So we're going to go quick on news. But I want to get your take on this because... Me, Ask away. Me, a good Mormon boy, don't... Uh, this is one of those where I believe this is true. Okay. Um... But I want to know your experience. So okay. this is out of uh, Queensland, Australia. Uh, four in ten men have experienced, quote, inexplicable sadness after sex. Having sex may feel like a, I'm reading the article now. Having sex may feel like a badge of honor for many men, but for others, it's an act that once finished brings about intense feelings of sadness. And then they go through the whole study about it. My my uh, Peter Priesthood background, my Norman background's like, Cool, that's what I've been taught that the spirit, you know, you break a commandment. Even if which, you don't even know, yeah. Even if you don't know, like no, you break a, a big commandment, which is a lot of chastity, yeah. the spirit withdrawals, you're totally. gonna feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do remember listening to a one shock jock out of New York. Yeah. Mr. Howard Stern. Oh. And he would talk <laughs> about uh, um, pleasuring himself regularly, but he but he always talked about how guilty he felt about it. Yeah. And I'm like, this old dude who's been doing this his whole life he's still feels stars, bad about yeah, it. he yeah. doesn't even believe in god he's like he's an atheist, atheist right yeah but like but he'll he goes on and talks about this feeling guilty about it after mm-hmm. and to me it made perfect sense i'm like oh that's of course that's you've been taught your whole life i've been like, taught that whole feel, life so when like, this oh. atheist says this i go of course okay well that's good yeah that's true principle and i read this and i told like, you that like in high school growing up religionless um 
Yeah, because you're my heathen friend. You're, the heathen. you're previ- previously heathen. Previous heathen for sure. Definitely. Um, de- like, it was all about, I'm not going to lie, Orange County, where I grew up, and it was, it was, um, it was all about trying to, to, to get the opposite sex. And, 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 and once you did that, you'd be happy and this, that, and the other. The movies portrayed it. The music portrayed it. Yeah. Everything was about sex, sex, sex. Yes. It sold. I bought it as a youth, and that's all I went for. And I felt that exact same way. And that's why when I talk about, like, I was at a low point in my life at 18 when I joined the church, it wasn't just from the drinking or drugs. Like, it was mainly because I felt, I felt empty. And yet I had, like what I say, I had all the friends. I had girls. I was hooking up with a girl. As, this, as, this is before the dating site. So you had to, like, go out and have fun and, like, be <laughs> crazy to, and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, try. You had to have good personality. Like, you know, you had to do all these things to get a girl. It was not easy. MySpace was just <laughs> happening, you know. So I was active on MySpace, you know, like, and uh, doing my thing. And I had felt so empty. Like, every new person made me feel even more empty. And it wasn't them. I knew they were empty, too. It's like we both felt that way. And then when, with the pornography, it's the same way. But in time you're done, you're like, like what am I doing? Not, that's not the media portrays it that way. Which is crazy, but, though, but, but I, I didn't have religion. Like, right. why did I feel that way? But, that's but I've heard, maybe I've just been listening to it, because it's like, you got to act on faith as a kid, right? For yeah. me, members of the church act on faith. Like, this is what we're taught. Yeah. Someone See, I was it. taught by the media to do the opposite. But I was uh, taught by the rappers to the so music. I love when you share that because I think a lot of us life life or Mormons, life or Mormons, we act on faith on that. We're like, well, I th- this is what we're taught. Yeah. Um, but, well, we, we were but both the media taught. advertises it that it's, it's glamorous, so glamorous, it's glamorous, and it's great. Sex, and drugs, it's normal. Alcohol, it's, yeah, it's and normal. it's only because and it's my, fulfilling. And it's only because of my religion that I would feel guilty. Yeah, you've been brainwashed. Yeah. But the, but the, the their biggest lie. See, the reason why it sells, the reason why people buy it, is because. They portray the glamorous as it's fulfilling, mm-hmm. like it'll fulfill your soul. That's but, what the study is saying. Yeah, not only it is it not true, yeah, I'm, it another way to say it's the exact opposite. You feel empty, yeah. empty, and you can't explain it. And so all the atheists that say, "Well, it's part of nature, sex and monogamy is right. old," that's that's a social construct. <laughs> well, if it's a social construct, then how come a study like that exists? Right. There should never be a study like that that exists. They come out like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I guarantee that's what will happen. Okay. Preach. Okay. Last Boom. one. Church. Um, I'm going to post up this video in our show notes, but it was basically a video. It's a cute little Mormon video, like from the church. Po- church published it. And their message is, we are here because we all need help from one another. Ooh, and I posted on one. our Facebook page. The, I don't have Facebook. So I know. So I just, I'm telling with you. But And if you're listening to this and not on our Facebook page, get on there and like it. Because you won't see it unless you actually like it, subscribe, and all that stuff. Like they... They actually, you have to, unless you pay for it, and so all these social media sites, they need you to pay for it to get out there. But I, what is, what's the one thing I talk about, uh, bushel and recovery? Yeah, hiding it. Yes. So the scriptures say don't hide your talents under a bushel. Yep. And I say don't hide your recovery under a bushel because if you hid yours, yeah, I wouldn't have, I probably, I may not have, I'm like, what this Yeah, because that all started with the, this the Fast Sunday. or Lake Forest, wherever you're from. Cueva. <laughs> <laughs> Makes fun of me because I'm not on, I'm on the other side of the freeway. I know. This is inside It's joke. like the tracks. Inside joke. Anyways. It makes me look like... I, Go I, back I, to one of our old podcasts. It's yeah, on there. Episode one. Episode one. Uh, but if you hadn't, uh, like, we would probably wouldn't be as close friends. Totally not. I'd just be probably... I don't know. I don't know. But we definitely wouldn't have this podcast. Mm. We've had almost 50,000 people listen. Okay. Wow. So... One of our top countries was uh, Russia this year, this week. This is crazy. So I'm like, who's listening who's... to Russia? 
Um, missionaries. And then we're going to, in our Ask the Attic, you're going to hear a story of, we get a lot of feedback from uh, meetings outside of yeah. uh, our area here and all, all throughout the country where they're, they're good, but they could be better. Totally. Um, and part of that is having people with recovery showing up and participating and doing Putting in the work. Doing yeah. the grunt work. Yeah. I mean, we, that first year was grunt work. We yeah. talked about. We're but talk but about I'm, that. again, I mentioned. But it didn't the, feel like that. I mentioned but, the podcast know, of we have we have meetings where people go and there's five people and no one has recovery in the meeting, and and it it's a stake and there I'm like there's 500 people in the stake. Okay, maybe maybe a thousand people in the stake, but 500 active. There's got to be someone with reco- that's gone through a 12 step program totally. in that stake, and and we need to find these people or you need to find these people if you're listening and get them to show up and start sharing their experience with the steps. Totally. Um, and so that's what I read that, or saw that video I thought of that. It's good. All right. Other news, I was just going to say. Uh, How's uh, surf? Surf water is amazing. Amazingly right? warm. It's fading out. Today wasn't as good, but yesterday was good. Oh, that's Alex Jones got kicked off of Facebook, social media, YouTube. Anyways, that's a different news. Anyways, yeah. sorry, oh, that. Art Bell, speaking of conspiracy theorists. What? Art Bell. Remember who he is? Uh-uh. You don't know who Art Which Bell is? I probably do. Yeah, Art Bell is like the original conspiracy theory guy out of, uh, out of uh, Pahrump, Nevada. Which Middle one? of the night. What? You never Was heard gone? Art Bell? No. You? no. Okay. So maybe I'm too old. Maybe yeah. he died before. Yeah. He's the Art Bell. He looks like this. Bro. He's like from Pahrump, Nevada. He's like deep. Oh, he looks literally, awesome. Look at that Literally stash. on the radio all night long, oh. like truck drivers. And he's all about conspiracy theories and like Is he aliens. the one that's on 640 right now? Like the, he's, that has he's that. dead now. Oh, he's dead. So he died, oh, and they nice. said he died of an accidental drug overdose. Oh, yeah. They got to him. Uh, <laughs> maybe they did. <laughs> they got to him. That's another Conspiracy podcast. theory going on. So go to your favorite conspiracy theorist podcast. So I was saying the news is... Oh, Alex Jones got kicked off. <laughs> Different podcast. We might lose followers. Uh, right. we're, we like listening to podcasts, and there's all kinds of good ones, but none better to save your life than the Next Step podcast with Brent and Jay. We're going to get in. I think it's step three. You're going to hear Jay's share of step three. Yeah. And then we're going to have an amazing Ask the Addict. Um, and that's it. It's going to be a long one, so you might have to listen to us on one of your long road trips or pause it a few times. All Boom. right. Jaminak. My infinite wisdom actually comes from the man in the back, Eric. So I just regurgitate. Well, so what I'm really good at is not actually coming up with my own stuff. I actually just regurgitate what other people say. And uh, Eric was one of the, I always say in these rooms that there was, there was no one in this room that was there when I first walked into the room for the first time. Well, Eric actually was. And so this is a special occasion for me to, to have someone here in the room that, um, that saw me walk in when Lexi wasn't with me and saw you know, who can testify. He wants to stay and ask him what I was like uh, five and a half years ago. It was not how I am today, you know, in the slightest. I was, I, was, uh, I was defeated and I was angry and I had nothing but ego and pride just swelling, let alone the drugs. Like the drugs were its own thing, you know. But uh, my weaknesses were everything. That, that was all I had. They consumed me. And um, so trusting in God came way later so um but you know that's the blessing of coming to these meetings you know i, I was i did the calculation of uh, roughly how many meetings and this doesn't take for the meetings where i did three in a week or four in a week or whatever but you know 286 arp you know weeks where i went to arp in the last five and a half years and and i i thought about that because when i first came I walked into that room of the five guys that were in there and i, I remember thinking i'm not like any of them you know like, I'm not, I'm not where they're at. And I've said this before, but, you know, I was 
coming down off of five different prescriptions. I was consuming over a thousand pills a month. My wife had left me. I lost my scholarship at BYU. I had no money. I had nothing but debt. I had a kid on the way, a one-year-old who I was, you know, I loved to death, but I didn't know how to love him really. And, uh, and I slept on my mom's couch, you know? And, you know, but the miracle thing, and this kind of like shows, you know, for the full circle of the steps is a guy who brought me to my first meeting, you know, um, wasn't even in recovery yet. He just wanted recovery. Does that make sense? So, and I was talking to um, Brother Kennedy, James Kennedy, at the other meeting, and um, in the pair, new pair of glasses, he was saying, there's a, a spot here. The question is, is, you know, if you don't have recovery, if you're not working the steps, can, can you, can you, can you, what can you do of service for people? And he said, well, you can't, you can't, um, you, can, you can't carry the person yet because you haven't done the 12 steps, right? You can't really do that, but you can carry them to the message, right? You can't really carry the message of the person because you don't really know the message. You know where it's at, but you can pick that person up and bring them. And that's what my friend Xander did to me, you know? Um, and I'm grateful he did. And um, I'm alive because he did. And um, this step, trusting in God is a process. You know, to do step three and check it off, well, you must be way better than me because uh, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. And I feel, I feel like I finally just did it, you know, after 286 weeks of coming here and hearing it, you know, 30 days ago. 30 days ago, I finally had my spiritual experience that is promised after doing these 12 I finished these steps four years ago, and I finally just had my spiritual experience where it was an awakening. It was an awakening. And um, it came from this step. It came from surrendering more unto the Lord and, and, and stop justifying certain things that were in my life. I figured, oh, hey, I'm not on drugs anymore. You know, I got a job now. I'm providing for my family. I'm, look what I've done in ARP, all this stuff. You know, and, and that would ju that, that's how I would, that's how the adversary would lull me to sleep, you know, and, and kind of lull me back into his, into his, like, captivity, really. And um, I'm just grateful that Heavenly Father didn't give up on me and, um, and all of us and, you know, what service we can be and, um, uh, the part that, that stuck out to me the most because me and Brian just had this conversation and says, you may not be able to change the things in your life, which is true. I mean, we all come in here wanting to, that's all I want to do. Eric heard me. You know, I would sit there and I'd be all angry and I, my wife, I want her back and I want this and I want that. But you know what? It says right here, you may not change the th things in your life, but you can change your willingness to trust God and obey him. As you learn to trust him, you will see that his plan is for you to follow what Alma called the great plan of happiness, you will learn that even in affliction and difficulty, all things work together for good to them that love God and keep his commandments. I was incapable of loving God when I first walked in here. I was incapable of keeping his commandments. I surrendered my, my, my free agency to the, to the adversary. I was an addict. I was consumed by drugs and all sorts of behaviors, and I feel free today. And um, that's because this is the atonement, like Corinne said. And um, <laughs> if you're still holding on, just, just let go. Just let go, like Brian said, and just, like, just, just enjoy the ride. It's going to be a long process, but it's going to be a glorious one. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Oh, someone threw it at me. It's like a keychain. <laughs> UFC fighter glove. Hey, what's up? Hi, we're Are live. Are we on the pot? We're, we're live? live. Yeah. Oh, oh, awesome. We're at Ask the Addict. Addict. Hey, who are you? My name's Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi, I'm an what? addict. Awesome. Whoa, right off the bat. Yes. So, uh, what, how do you identify, like, what's your... Uh, what's your MO? Food is my vice. Okay. Mm. Yes. Gets the best of us. So how... Everything d- except for fish. So how do you identify yourself, like, I'm a food addict or compulsive, like... Food addict, compulsive overeater, eater in general. Yeah. I just... Eating to escape. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So it's ha- my... F- you know, my first year of sobriety, that was my thing. Really? I gained like 40 pounds in my first year. Because so. you gave up something and that became... Yeah, first I lost weight. Void. Like I lost weight in the first few months because I got healthy, right? Started mm-hmm. going to the gym. So like first four months. But then I shouldn't say first year, probably that second year when life started to really work mm-hmm. itself out. But my what I noticed what I was doing, I had to catch myself. But like, and I almost, I used the steps to like change my diet and stuff. But I uh, I gained probably 40 pounds at least. And I was eating every night. It was like for advice for sure. Like yep. there, when my day was stressful because I'm in sales so I could drive around and do things. I would, I'd go have a big meal. Like, you know what I mean? Go over the top just to mm-hmm. feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't, as an addict, you can't have that one thing that totally. satisfies you. You go on to the next thing. Totally. And unless you fill that with the gospel the spirit, and the yeah. atonement yeah. of Jesus Christ. And has it always been just food? Always. I've always been the Mormon girl who's scared to cross the black and white line. I've okay. always been like, no sex, no drugs, no alcohol, no yeah. Whatever, boom! I can do that, hundred percent. And am I tithing? The yes and, and no. And if you did start drinking, what do you think would happen? Uh, well, don't entertain that thought. No, no, no. Probably, no. It'd probably well, be like yeah. Because I see Jay, I got to eat with him and yeah. go to all he can eat, and I'm like, how could you eat this? Like he can't stop, <laughs> right? Like he uh, and <laughs> you do stop totally. But only because but I see that in you of like you have to really work hard. I want to go. Yeah, like I'm an all-in type person, like you said. So like when I first got sober, once again, you hear me say this, you know, all the time. And you know, I get, I got sober from pills. You know, that was my original thing. Mm -hmm. And then I found out it was also this, 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 and this, and this. And there's a lot of things. Like and and um, just two years ago, I decided to to cut back. And I've I've heard it's a question that I don't know if Brad's going to get into, but might as well talk about it now. I I remember the first girl I met in ARP. Um, down in San Clemente when that meeting was going on um, she just transferred I didn't meet her when she first came in but like um, she I guess transformed her whole life if she's older too way, like way older like and probably like 60s or 70s like but like did this and like changed her entire life wow. and she used to come this little old lady like mm-hmm. and I, I didn't see her before you know she's normal but I guess she was really like really unhealthy I'm talking diabetes like mm-hmm. type 2 and was on the verge of like, hey, you need to, to she's forced to change, but did it. And what I'm getting at in a long about way, she had to, the way her program was, is she had to cut out flour, like, they had like four ingredients, mm-hmm. you know, as well as like other stuff, but, you know, doing the steps, but it was like flour, caffeine, sure, I don't remember what it was, but I don't know, if it, is that what you, how do you guys? That has been the hardest thing for me, is figuring out how do I do this? That's like, what I was going to ask. Have you ever gone to, like, a website? Because she had, like, this thing that she went to. She's like, our program says. Did she go to OA, Overeaters Anonymous? Yeah, I think it Even was. Even OA doesn't tell you they what don't. to then and maybe to she, not she, do. Maybe she was a sponsor then, probably. Because she had a strict, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't do flour, processed sugar. Like, she, you know I, I mean? wish I had gluten. somebody to tell me that. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. what, what he's getting at is because uh, I did. So I remember uh, her saying that. And I and I'd always she remember. Does she still that. go? Does she still go? Oh yeah, she's amazing. Like oh, I, she you, moved. Oh. She, well, she moved, but I could probably get her number. Let's um, track her down. Yeah, um, sure. And 
I just remember that. And then so like a couple years ago, I was I was definitely felt overweight, like for my age, for my, you know, I, I remember because I got life insurance, I added another policy. And I'm, here I am, this healthy, I'm like sober, I'm like thinking they're going to give me, I'm going to get this lowest rate ever. I surf every day, I work out, I, you know, I'm active to galore. And he's, and when it came back, you, I wasn't, it was because of my blood pressure mm-hmm. and because of my weight for height ratio, which Your is BMI. kind of bogus, yeah. but, um, cause it doesn't take in the fact that it was weight. Mass but anyways, I, I noticed that I was gaining weight every year and I was feeling tired all the time. And I'm, I was 28 or 29 at that time. And How did you, cause food is one of those things that's around us all the time. Totally. And I would think everyone on the planet has overeaten at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. When did you get the realization that it wasn't just the occasional overeating or just a bad diet that you were actually compulsively overeating? So can I go back to kind of the beginning? Yeah, Yeah. please. Okay, so my story's not that long, but growing up... We do long-form interviews so we can really get to know our people. Yeah, so we can go as deep as you can edit it out. Yeah, podcast people can pause. No, we don't edit. We leave it all in. Just kidding. (laughs) I asked her. I was like, can you edit out all the awkward things I say? I occasionally will swear. But okay, go on. (laughs) I've had edit. Okay, so as a kid... My mom, she was, my parents were amazing, like just rocks. But my mom had six kids. My dad was never around because he was working like crazy. They were like $1.1 million in debt. He started his own business. Just crazy stress on my family, on my mom. So she went to eating. And eating, food was always like a, here, you want a bag of chips? Have a whole bag of chips. You want M&M's for breakfast? There you go, kind of thing. It wasn't really, health wasn't a priority. So growing up, I always had an, an unhealthy relationship with food. I never valued a vegetable. Like, I have to have a vegetable at every meal. Like, and then when I get married, my husband's like, we need to have a vegetable. And I'm like, You're like what are those? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to eat that. And I feel bad blaming my parents, but like. That was how you were raised. That's, that's how, how you were raised. And my mom was literally doing the best that she could. Totally. With six little girls and. Six little girls. Yeah. Did, I, I've heard of a family giving Mountain Dew and baby bottles to their children. Was it is that bad for you? Hmm. No, my mom would give Dramamine in okay. bottles. Yeah, yeah. My mom, <laughs> we had soda too. I mean, I was the same way. No, I mean, I was didn't. a single child, so I don't. Know what my mom' excuse was, but I definitely uh, no. She's amazing, but it, it, I just don't think at that certain time some people just didn't know. It's not like mm-hmm. it is today, where health is like such a big, right? Totally. I mean, yeah. We have, we have whole. We have these stores that are now yeah. really promoting healthy. Or so I crunchy stuff. I like, fast food every exist. meal. Like yeah, my mom, because she worked, mm-hmm. would get me McDonald's in the morning or a donut and then give me money for the food at the thing, like to buy a lunch, right? Yep. So no making. And then on the way home, we went out to eat. Fast food. Yeah. Fast food or to like a restaurant. Yeah. We drove through all the time. Yeah. All the time. Three meals a day for me. So then for me, when you started to date, I wasn't dating because I was fat. Okay. No boy wants to date a fat girl, which... I don't say that to be rude, but it's true. Like, you don't want to date somebody who... And the rules are in reverse, too. Like, if the guy's over, like, massive overweight, it's the same. Yeah. You're not attracted to that person. And there's a stigma that goes along with fat people, too. They're lazy. They're, they can't control themselves. You know, all these kinds of things. So then I went to college. went to BYU. Went on a mission. Came home. Still wasn't dating. Still was all my friends were getting married. All my friends were dating. And I was like, when's this going to happen to me? Pretty much dawned on me. That's never going to happen to me if I keep going down this path. So I actually had surgery. My mom and I both went in to have surgery the same day. I lost 
Mm. You have to lose weight before the surgery, right? Not then. Okay. We did it. Ga- we uh, had we both of us had mm. something called the lap band. Okay. So there's a band put around our stomach. They don't do that anymore. Okay. They All do, right. but it's yeah. Um, now they do that other one that you're talking about. They stable your stomach, right? Yeah, yeah. I got that okay. one too. We'll get there. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. So I had the lap band surgery um, when I was about 23. Do, so question on that: Do they go into controlling diet or so like like it forces you you can't physically overeat? But yes. do they go through how to so sustain? How to sustain we're just that? getting full honesty here, right? Yeah. yeah. My dad does really well. He makes a lot of money. Yeah. Our, we didn't even do the insurance route. If you do insurance, they make you go through all these classes, okay. this pre stuff, yeah. making sure that you're serious about this because we are paying for your surgery. Oh, yeah. My dad paid cash for both okay. my mom and so, I, so, so they didn't even care. Okay. Yeah, the doctor didn't care. They're like, "You're giving us your money." Yeah, Great. Of course not. Yeah. So that's how it worked with us. So we both did awesome because you restrict your food or you throw it up. Yeah. You know. Is it, is it one of those like you just yes. really have a small stomach? It's so. like you where you say if your stomach hurts. This guy's got. A he bird. calls me a bird stomach. He's a bird eater. <laughs> I hate. Well, you the, eat bird food. He, no, no, no. He, he just. He, he, like, well, he, likes, he likes all the crap, but like he eats like just micro. I'm able to eat like, a small amount. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so full. full. I hate that feeling. He hasn't even finished oh. his bite, and he's like, I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay's like, pass it over. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Anyways, go on. Okay. <laughs> so, so I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I got really fit. I've always loved exercising. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology. I love it. The body's amazing. But I always, I could never control my eating. <clears throat> that was my passion. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like, I've, I've heard this before. Yeah. People like, yeah. That's what I've taken so many classes on nutrition, tons, sports nutrition, just regular nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Had to do all that. Anyways, got myself looking real good. Got the eye of a guy, mm-hmm. my husband, married it him. It totally worked. And <clears throat> years go by, when we're married, I start to gain some weight. Gain more weight, more weight. My husband's like, Christy, you know, it's kind of getting to a, an unhealthy. Um, how did he approach? Is that was how he said it? Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, yes, he's got a lot of, he of he had a lot of anxiety about telling me, as you I can bet. imagine, any yeah, husband. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you change, like if you looked one way. Yes. And then all because I was one forty when we got married, and one thirty five, and all of a sudden I'm, two ten, and he's like. That's a lot of weight. And, yeah. And, of weight and I don't know the answer, but like doctors, I don't go to the doctor that often, but don't, do they tell you like? No, because no. most people don't do regular checkups. So you okay. didn't have regular checkups and stuff because mm, of that band. Not really. you, when I do go to the doctor, I had a regular checkup recently and it was like the questions you ask, like they're very detailed on that, your weight and mm-hmm. like they're very. Most people don't even know. Really. But I don't know like, if doctors yeah, do yeah, that anymore. Because if you, unless you have a comorbidity such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, they, okay. don't, yeah. they don't care. And I don't have any of those. Okay. So that's another problem with me. Uh, I don't have that family healthy. history of you're quote unquote you know, healthy but overweight. Right. Okay. That's right. Exactly. I guess a lot of I'm, we call it, my family calls it fit fat. Yeah. I've run marathons. Like I've heard. I, people, yeah. you know? how, how do you reconcile? Because uh, this maybe it's recently now, but like. Love who you are, like, because there are what I would consider overweight, like obese, according to the medical. Mm-hmm. It's now like they're they're like they're promoting a breed, like you just need like this is on healthy, social media, love like, yeah, big lo- like big, yes, uh, yes. Uh, did that go through your mind? Like I, I've like always... I think there's unhealthy, uh, like you don't have to have a model perfect body, right, right. 
being fit and being uh, a waif model are not the same mm-hmm. thing. Totally. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, there's overweight, and then there's... It's not healthy for any human to have a certain amount of fat on their body. It's, yes. proven, it's clinically fat. Yeah. Like, your yeah. heart should not have a certain amount of fat. But was that hard? Like, in... Because, like, the med- I have three daughters, right? Why well, it's like, love your body, because it's such an image-conscious society. Totally. And I feel it's like yeah. today it's... If you're overweight and you're obese or whatever, don't even mention to a girl because that's her body image. Like, love who you are. Yeah, totally. You know, was that not the way then, or um, as I'm wondering, is, did that go with your mind? Like, hey, if your husband brought it up, you're like, hey, you're supposed to love me who I am. Okay, so that has yeah, also so been he a brings huge it up. point. So he brings of it up. Contention. What happened? Let's go back. So he brings it up. So he brings it up um, very gently because he's very kind and doesn't want to hurt my feelings and he knows it's a sore subject because I've had a history of being obese. Did he know that before? Yes, I told him before we got okay. married, before we got engaged. Oh, okay, I'm like, so I have to tell you this or else I would feel like I'm... Okay, um, like lying or something. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. So I told him and he's like, I don't care about that because he only saw me as the way I looked then. It was really, right. really awesome. So I gain all this weight, and he he's so funny. He's an engineer, so he's like, you're on this trajectory. <laughs> he's like, he calculated he, it according to my He literally like, uses that word He's like, me. if you keep at this rate. <laughs> yes, exactly. like, I got a few models that I ran through this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's Such how his engineer. mind works. He's like, so you're on this trajectory. Did you trajectory. freak out when he, when he said that? Yes. So some things had happened up in our marriage to where I knew something was going on with like he was uncomfortable with something because I'm like, something's off. Yeah. Without going into so much detail, but we then he told lines. me, and I was like, you're supposed to love me no matter oh, yeah. what. Yeah. You know, you married me and you made covenants and promised me that you would love me no matter what I look like. The person I am inside isn't what I look like on the outside, you know? That's not who I am. This is not who I am. And he's like, well, he's like, well, why did you have the surgery in the first place? And I was like, because I wouldn't get noticed. He's like, so what is the difference now? Like, you still want me to be attracted to you, right? And you know that that was important then, so it needs to be important now, too. You guys got real. Yeah. Good for him. That's gnarly. He That's is. Harley. He's so That's great. That's hard to do. Yeah. Especially coming from, and I've always felt a little, not ashamed of myself, but a little uncomfortable with his family because his family is really thin. His mom is super thin, very health conscious, like really good about taking care of herself, exercising wise, health wise, everything. So you always had a little chip on your shoulder for that. No. A little bit. I always you felt always like... You always have one with an in-laws, right? I always felt like, oh, I mean, I'm not good enough for their it. son, right. especially of gaining all this weight, and I felt... So first you hold, reject. Hold on. Oh. All right. Did you try to fatten him up? <laughs> right? No. A, lot of, a lot of couples, that's what yeah. they do. Like, <laughs> like uh, They gain weight together, usually, or the other one's like gaining weight, so they're like, oh, just eat. Yeah. Just eat more. Well, have we, ice cream. Like, well, we like did in the beginning, but he because of the way he was raised, where his mom was concerned about their health, she did provide vegetables. She did. It's part of his normal diet. Yes, yeah, so his exactly. grew up was, I got to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. He was, was very good about restricting his portions where okay. I wasn't okay. ever. And he would mention that to me, too. And it was always kind of like a little dagger. Like, yeah. you sure you want to eat that other took, bag of chips? You took it personal. Yeah. When really he was just really loving. He's like, yes. hey, dude, I don't want to. I know he probably knows how he feels. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, you're not going to feel good. You're not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and no, nobody wants to hear. So at that point, before he tells you, you have no, you think you're fine. Like, life's good, whatever. Okay, so you thing. were asking me about body image. Yeah. I've always loved myself. I've always had a really good self-esteem, 
pretty good self-confidence. And so when he told me that, I was like shattered. I'm like, well, I love myself. And I thought you loved me. Maybe I shouldn't love myself. Maybe I'm not good enough. Oh, yeah. And you got the rug pulled out. Yeah, I did. But he, but I don't want to throw my husband under the bus because he did oh, everything with love. Yeah. Yeah. And we it's just like saying. any spouse, when they confront their husband or their, their spouse with who has an addiction, it's like looking in the mirror. You're like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for the first time. Like as a fat person especially, you're like, oh, my gosh, I do look terrible or I do need to you, just look you can easily be invisible to your like yourself because like, addiction you isolate like yourself pills, same thing exactly I thought it was fine yeah. when Lexi told me she ate me it was like I thought the twilight zone happened I'm yeah. like why why would you say that you had, you, you, <laughs> I literally my ego was so big yeah that I thought I like was dreaming. I remember thinking like I'm I'm tripping out. Like I took a bad pill or I took too many. Yeah. I'm like I remember thinking this is not happening. Yeah. And I, I spent three weeks dealing with that reality. Yeah. It was that hard. Like I was, I was manic. It was crazy. I lost my mind because I couldn't understand. She's like I hate you. And then we went to this therapist you know, real quick. And then she had us write and write letters to each other. This mm-hmm. therapist is LDS therapist in, in Utah. She hated me. She definitely didn't <laughs> like men, but she didn't like me either, and which rightfully so, I was full of crap. But she had us write the scene. I wrote this letter of like how much I loved her, right? Holy uh, sorry, this. That letter she handed me was it. It was just like I, put, I remember reading it and going, all right, I'll, I'll give you a divorce. Like, let's go. I'll take you home. Like, it was so gnarly. I was shattered. She was yeah. so much full of hate. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, she didn't have it like that, but he did no. lay it to you, and it did have that same effect, yeah. though, where mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. Yes. I didn't think I was that way. Right, and... Kind of like you, I was to- in total denial about the way I looked. Totally. I still saw myself on the inside for the, you know, the daughter of God or whatever that Which I was. You were. Yeah, of I was like my virtue hadn't changed, but I was totally blind to what I had really become. Because I would say I'm not that bad, and I would always see other people oh, like, sure. look at her. I'm not that bad. Look at that girl. So I did all my friends that were right? drug addicts too. I'd be like, oh, I'm not taking yeah. as many as he is. Exactly. It's like I'm not that bad. Look totally. At, you know. Anyway, so this continued for a while. I so you resist it? You don't really change? You're just like... I didn't really change, and I used it as... Um, I don't know what you want to call it. I used it as... Leverage? Kind of. And so when he would make me feel bad, which he did not ever mean to... Of course. I would take it out on him by going and eating more. But as husbands, sometimes, like, does these jeans look good? You're like, eh, that could... That could go south really quick. Yes. Well, it's a, such a touchy right. subject. Lexi's, Weight is. Luckily, because of the program now, like, now, this would never be how it was back in the day, mm-hmm. but, like, we, 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 we're real, t- we real talk. Sometimes, <laughs> like, I want, she, I do it more than she does, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's not that way, but, like, I want her to real talk me, like, cause, mm-hmm. because I've realized how delusional I can be in right. my own life, right? Yeah. Not only with looks, but with that, all sorts and of things. in most relationships, that's taboo. Of that's like, taboo. Say, totally. like, say what you really mean? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. They need to please like, each other. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, uh, how many jokes are written but, about that? But think about that. Like, isn't that crazy that that's taboo is to be honest, right? To really say what you mean to yeah. the one person that's agreed to mm-hmm. contractually love you for who you are, meaning your opinion. Right. Anyways, go on. But if for as, as weight goes, you're like, that's not who totally. I am. I am not my body. I Which am. is, you know, I could see where so, we can, we believe that, yeah, right? So I'm but, like, why yeah. can't you love me for me? Yeah. And he always he loved did. me. And he he, yeah, yeah, he did. He's like, I, that's why I'm saying this. I love yes. you. Like, I want you to be happy. And he says, I, happy. you're on this trajectory to where you're <laughs> going <laughs> to eventually 
not be able to play with our kids. You're not going to be able to walk around the block with them. You're not going to be able to help Which them ride his bike. So gnarly, exactly. Right? And so, 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 okay, keep going. So this goes on for a while. Question. I actually keep gaining more and more weight. Okay. I get it. So were you on a trajectory? So now we're so definitely like, a, like you weren't just at a certain weight and staying steady. It was you were gaining weight. No, I was gaining weight. It was getting progressive. I gained a hundred pounds within seven years of our marriage. Wow, okay. That's a lot. That's I mean, it's that's a ton. A, it's I mean, a whole other person. That's a whole other person. <laughs> Even a lifetime. That's a lot, right? Like totally once you hit puberty. Like the so, totally. so this was a trajectory. It wasn't. Yes, just... I was on this way downward spiral. Okay. Every... So my question is, why you're gaining this weight? This was just in regards to this. Are you now, because I've heard people's shares, not yours, but I've heard other people's shares where they, now are you like closeting, you're telling them you're not totally, eating, so, and then you're driving? 100%. More, were you always doing that, or did it, was it getting? It's it got worse. Okay. It got worse. So, so like what I, were you doing? I've said in here before, um, I would not. Because maybe there's someone listening that they're trying to figure out if that's them or not. Well, I'm going to give you ideas of how, how to deceive your husband right now. Well, no, no, no. I think you just tell him your reality because it's like identifying. <laughs> well, sometimes yes. like cut to the core. So like, this is when I, I noticed that, my I life was out of control. When I had take, took step one and realized yeah, okay. I needed to go yeah. to ARP is because I started to lie to my husband. And honesty has always been super important. And now you're lying about food. About food, of all things. Yeah, it's real, though. <gasps> I'm not even having an affair. I'm having an affair with food. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm real. cheating on him with food. So I would take out cash only because my husband is super, um, yeah. like, engineer yeah. person. Course, yeah. So he checks our bank account all the time. Mm-hmm. He can see right when I've done a transaction with the credit card. So I take out cash and only spend cash at fast food restaurants mm-hmm. or wherever. So I did that with pills, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. I would tell I my son, don't it. tell daddy where we went today. We drive through Sonic. Don't tell Dad we my went to Sonic. Right, Lexi, out. This is good. <laughs> my kids wrap me up too. Right. No one does. So you're doing the same things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying this stuff because it's like it's funny, but that's the well, same thing we do is with drugs and yeah. And I would cook a pan of the program is now a food addict or a porn addict or, or a sex, pill addict or cash sex out to go. Is, is yeah. Very, yeah, to pay a hooker they, or yep, whatever. Yeah. They can totally relate to each other's patterns. 100. Yes. percent Like what everything you just said. If we took this and uh, we've had sex addicts, they could say they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I we drugs. do find my friends on my on our phones. I don't yeah. know if you know what that is. Yeah, it's an app where mm-hmm. you can see where you somebody is at forward. all times. Yeah. And I, I took them off. I was like, I yeah. don't want them to see where I'm going. I would do the same to my wife when I was not doing the right thing. Yeah, I would cook something like bake. I hate cooking, but I love baking. I would bake bread. I would bake brownies or whatever. Saying I'm going to give this to somebody else. You know, he's like, let me take it to work. Nope, I would cut it up into little pieces, rearrange it on the plate to make it look like, you know, nothing had been eaten. I would hide it. I had hiding spots in our house because for food. For later. For later. My very first ARP meeting, y'all. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. My first ARP meeting. Went to the meeting. Right afterwards, I went to the store right around the corner, bought this big chocolate cake, ate the whole thing by myself right. with my fingers because I didn't have a fork of with course. me in my car. Uh, after the first the meeting. Same, same thing. I took pills. I took a bunch of pills right after. I wanted to freaking die. I wanted so to kill that So your first meeting, feeling. were you coming in on it like I am a food addict or were you? Yes. Okay. So, I was a little hesitant at first because I am so embarrassed of that it's food. Yeah, <laughs> but you did not realizing like how many people are the same. But mm-hmm. so, so seven years go by, you've gained a hundred pounds. So now, now is your relationship now on the. My relationship. Or he just kind of give up, and he's just like, whatever. I'm not. So at first, he would be like, ask me every day, "What did you eat today?" Or you want? Do you want to eat that? Were you trying to diet? Were you trying? I tried to diet. Okay. I did Weight Watchers with him. We did Atkins. We did everything. Were you cheating? Did the yo-yo dieting? 
Yes, and I just quit. My husband okay, just really finally just told me I am not paying for one more diet. Okay. Because you don't ever do them. And I was like, you're right. And he'd always tell me this because I honestly had but, but every see, intention what, going with those diets of doing them. Then he I'm, said, what you're I'm lying to, to me. Articulate here is that sounds like 80% of Americans, right? Like mm-hmm. how many start diets don't do it? The and average not, the study not, that was just done was like uh, it was like three to seven, I think. So uh, every American's done like three or seven diet, like yo-yo diets in their lifetime. Oh, but I've done every like, American like but, study. But the hard the in I think in the church we have these black and whites, right? Like if we're drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. but we're like I don't want to drink alcohol because the church the Gord of Wisdom says not to. Then maybe maybe I have an addiction, right? But if you're outside the church, I'm having a beer here and there. You know, maybe I get drunk one weekend. Oh, right. I had too many beers. Doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. Totally. Right. Right. Or food, if, like. if you're like, you know, you're no religion, right? You have no moral compass as far as sexual relations. Like, you can have a wild weekend in Vegas. Wild weekend in Vegas. Yeah, one night stand is nothing. Like yeah, well, oh, well, I shouldn't have done that. That was kind of crazy. But right. then you're not a sex addict. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, but in the church, the, we have one vice, which mm-hmm. is food. That that is an addiction, mm-hmm. but where that draws the line is yeah, hard. Because I, I think in, outside the church, it's hard for people to draw the line of where am I an alcoholic, or did I just drink too much on the weekends sometimes? And the irony is, we have a, we actually have a health code. Like we've talked about this. Like we you have we them. like other diets. Like have our uh, other diets, other religions. They have health codes. Like not born again Christian, but usually like you know some Hindu and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. They have like certain meats they don't eat. So, right. But like we we have like. Actually, it says like what says what. Yeah, eat. I remember yeah. thinking that when I first joined the church. My I've told him this, but mm-hmm. went to the singles ward, and I was the chair of the the uh, linger longer, whatever, right? The mm-hmm. f- break the fast, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't. I you know when I first got on that call, I'm like, what? This is insane. I was like super health nut at that time in my life. I just gotten into work, exercising, eating healthy. I just remember thinking like cookies. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> oh, this is stuff. insane. Like, that's like, why I go wisdom. to uh, yeah. church activities. Oh, for sure. That's what everyone. That's what Andrew. But Andrew's like, what? What are you talking about? This is it. This is the spot. It's, like, it's a common vice in the church. Yeah, soda. it blew my mind. Soda, the MTC, and sugar. I gained 35 pounds in my first three weeks in the MTC yeah. because of the, the ice creams and donuts was just handed. It was like, it was yes, like, please eat. I'm like, I went in with an eight pack and left out. With my, like my, my point anxiety. is, it's we. This issue in the church is, getting is similar to how the rest of the world yes. deals with other yes. things mm-hmm. that we don't even go near there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not yeah. we're not told how much to eat. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. we have free agency of eating out. You know how many times to eat out. Totally, yeah. How many desserts. Yeah, all of course. This. We have free one hundred percent free agency on that. We have some guidelines. But we have black and white on La Chasse right. and the Wisdom. So when does it become a pr- problem? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you Because there might be people listening like, who are, like, you're who not. these people? Like, yeah, yes. you're not a food addict. How dare your husband thing. tell you that? Like, you know. Right. So the things that I did to Convince deceive me. my husband yeah. just proved to me even more I have a problem. My life is freaking out of control. So that's, seven years in, that's what it is. All I do is keep gaining weight. Yeah. Um, well, and you mentioned a few things that were key, like lying. Mm-hmm. Like, so if that's one of the indications of an addict, uh, you know. And I was in denial. I'm fine. If you're, fine. Yeah. If you're doing look, an intervention yeah. with a non-Mormon who's got a drinking problem, right? Like, all the families, like, they have a drinking problem. They're like, I don't have a drinking problem. But if they're lying, mm-hmm. like, not telling that they're going out to drink. Not, I, I only had one beer and they had six. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a key sign totally. for other uh, right. vices, right? It's all the same. Um, um, same and progressive color. was progressively getting worse, like other Definitely. addictions, right? It wasn't just staying. So, how did it hit mm-hmm. to a head? Like, how did you come to the. Well, she's, she's 
Yeah, how would you know about ARP in the first place? So yeah. how'd you think the that first way I heard about ARP was when we were living in Pennsylvania. Our stake president encouraged all of the members in the stake to go to an ARP meeting. Oh, I had wow. never heard of it. Right. And he said, it's amazing. Everybody, whether or not you have an addiction, you need to go to an ARP meeting. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The state president? Or you pronounce that in state, state conference. Oh, state okay. Wow. Yeah. Great. Wow. So I knew I always wanted to go. Um, I had stake presidents tell me that their stake doesn't have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> all the local they ones. They need to go. They're <clears throat> in denial. We've been to a few meetings. That's how these all got started. He had to, like, anyways. I know that's out. awesome. But we traveled up north and met with we had <laughs> members bring us in and meet with their state president. And yeah, they're like to try to uh, convince them that this is what they need the program yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Spoke to so their that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. So so then we finally. So, so when he said that, were you thinking that maybe me? Or I always knew point? I had a problem. Okay. Because you can't deny that when you're buying a size you're 14, point, then 16, yeah. then 18, then 20, then 22 clothes. It comes to a point where you, you know, don't have just, an you're issue. You're just like over it, though. You're like, oh, whatever. This exactly. Is because, like I said, I've always loved myself. I've always known. You can get a temple recommend. Yeah. Right? Totally. Well, you're still worthy. All, all yeah. still worthy. Sacrament. No one's. Yeah. yeah. And so I always knew of my virtue or my integrity as of who I was on the inside, not mm-hmm. what I looked on the, like on the outside. So I was denied that I had a problem, making it okay, like justifying my problem by saying, that's not who I am, though. Mm-hmm. Just the way I look doesn't mean that I have a, a problem. But when I started to do things that I was ashamed of, like lying to my husband, Good lying to myself, um, things like that, then I knew, okay, my life is out of control. I've gained a phenomenal amount of weight. My trage- trajectory is like on the course. What about that band? Did that disrupt it or no? It's okay after So a while. the band is like After a few years it doesn't matter. Is it a rubber band that just stretches out? No, it's a little it's a band they put a silicone I don't know what it's made of, plastic band. It's where the and there's, food goes in, right? There's like a balloon stuck. around it, inside of it, so they can inject. I don't have it anymore because I had it removed, actually. They can oh. inject. There's this port here. They can inject fluid into it, say in the solution, that goes up this little tube that balloons out the thing and makes it tighter, more restrictive. So, like, you've got this little pouch on top and bigger pouch on bottom. So the f- pouch on top gets full fast. It that's, fills up really fast, and it goes through the whole slow. That's your stomach? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it just makes your stomach smaller so you can't. <clears throat> right. Okay. And so if you fill that pa- pouch up, you'll just throw up. Okay. So I would do that. I would throw up so I could eat more. And then mm-hmm. I'd go throw up again and eat more. Okay. Whereas when you throw up, you're supposed to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed oh, to stop like eating. People, yeah, sure that's another know. reason. That, that's another thing I'm like. That's another sign. All I want to do is throw up so I can keep eating. Mm. Um, anyway, so I actually had that. So going back to my marriage. I started to feel like I wasn't worthy of my husband. Like, he can do better. This will make me cry. Like, he can do better than me. He deserves somebody who can control their dang appetite. <laughs> you know, because I felt like my whole life was out of control because I couldn't control my food. I was, and I felt also, and I still feel like this today, if I, as, when I get skinny, all of my problems are going to be gone. Totally. Yeah. I'm going to have zero more problems in my life. Like, no more problems. As soon as I'm skinny. And I remember my sponsor, she told me, she's like, that is a lie that you tell yourself. You're still going to have problems. Like, skinny people get in fights with their spouses. Skinny people have problems. You won't be fat anymore. That's it. Right. So I said, like, when you're getting sober on your original thing that comes in here. Yes. That, that's great in the beginning. Exactly. Change your whole life for sure. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, new, new things show up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that when I started also to contemplate I need to let Derek go. I need to divorce mm. him. 
Not because you love I want lot, to, and... because I think he can do better. Oh, wow. And I still feel that way to some degree because... You're still new in the program. He's just right? so freaking but you're still awesome. New, yeah, but you're still new in the program. I'm saying yes. you still feel that way, right? Because, yeah. I, mean, you're, you, I mean, how long have you been coming now? Well, I've actually been doing ARP for about a year and a half. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. That's but I haven't done thing. anything really since. And it's funny because after the, like two or three weeks of me going to ARP, he's like, so when are you going to start changing? Like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, doesn't work like that, Derek, mm-hmm. you know? But what I'm saying is so a year sweet. and a half is, is you know, I yeah. mean, it's greater. It's better than one week, or, you know, mm-hmm. but obviously now that I've had a little bit more years, like I realized like my first year, I, didn't, I thought I knew everything, but like. Mm-hmm. That was the infancy of like understanding. Of and what even tonight I when think. we read in step two, yeah. it said, for some of us, this miracle is almost instantaneous. For others, recovery has been more gradual. Oh. I'm like, man, I wish it was instantaneous for yeah. me. That's why sometimes I wish I had that addiction that I could well, just stop that well, black yeah. and white Food line. Food has got to be well, so no, hard it, because you, it's not like no one's the alcoholic. No one's like, you have to drink alcohol to sustain your life, but yes. you can't have too much. So that has right. been like, like my. You have to eat. You're mm-hmm. gonna eat. There's, but here's one thing I've learned. So okay, so for me, and and, I, and this is comes from this is comes from people that were also food acts themselves, like claim to be, and so they wrote. There's there are certain chemicals and certain foods that cause craving. It's a fact. That's why that for one sure. lady I was talking about, and so I, you know, that's why I went gluten free, and that's why I learned more about the carbohydrates and certain things. It's not like an Atkins. I, I'm just, I still eat tons of carbs. Love carbs. However, there are certain carbs that I don't eat because certain starchy carbs or certain, mm-hmm. you know, things that come with gluten and, and wheat like that, they, the way they metabolize them in the body it turns into sugar, which spikes the insulin, which then causes us to crave and you right. know, going up and down. So once I took the time to really get honest with myself, this is in recovery, right? I'm, mm-hmm. or my life on the outside looks great. I'm, I'm, I put on a few pounds. I put on 20, 30 pounds. My you're stress, not on drugs. But I'm not on drugs. <laughs> and I like, I still look good. Like, you know, in my mind, I'm still active. I'm still surfing. I'm right. working out three hours a day. I had to make your surfboards really thick. Yeah, my boards were definitely thicker. <laughs> thicker and I definitely couldn't run because my knees hurt so bad, right? Like, these are things that were like, but, and I noticed that I was starting to get crankier. My headaches started to come back. I had more pain in my neck and shoulders. Like arthritis, start feeling tired, exhausted. And anyways, I started reading about the certain foods that cause cravings, and like, Mm -hmm. and um, I had to do the same thing. Maybe not with all the steps because I had already done those for my personal life, but I had to still like do like the honest like principles of the steps. Like get honest. Like am I eating? At night, because I'm veg- I'm vegging, I want to veg mm-hmm. out, and I just want to watch the show, mm-hmm. or you know, look, just sit on Facebook and just eat, you know what I mean, or whatever it is. Totally. And so I, there was certain things I had to get honest with, but then it was also like getting honest with the foods I loved. I love bread. I love bread. I love all. I mean, I was probably eighty percent. I make 80%. some killer homemade bread. No, I know. I, I and I used to eat it, but so two and a half years, two years ago now, I did. I read this book, and it wasn't a diet. It was just here's here's the facts from a, written from a neuroscientist. Here's mm-hmm. the facts of like what certain foods was do. Was it Green Brain? Yeah, green and brain. Um, awesome. and it's just you know these certain foods can stimulate the same dopamine level cravings. Green Brain, the same dopamine level cravings as cocaine, as opiates, as any of these other drugs, which I knew all about, right? So I'm like, listen. It's time for me to get honest. Like, I've been talking mm-hmm. about it, and I work out a ton, but I'm not getting anywhere. I'm gaining weight more and more every year. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, as much as I love food, I love living more, and I want to li- be more energetic. I want to be there more. My kids were now out of baby stage, and they want to play all the time right. and do fun things. I'm like, if I keep going, 
mm-hmm. I'm going to end up being something I don't want to be. And I mm-hmm. my, come from family, it's all a little bit heavier. And, you know, as they got older, they got heavier. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I, I, love, mm-hmm. I love these activities that they don't really work well when you're overweight. You know, like surfing and kickboxing and like all these things working out. That just doesn't work. And, uh, or skateboarding, you know. But, and, and so finally I had to get honest. And I had to get honest about certain foods sodas diet even the diet I'd, I'd gotten off of regular soda to diet there you go right but I had to get off that too like I had to get honest and get off the energy drinks I, I mean there was for me it was processed sugar dairy you know gluten so all wheat products and then also the diet soda and all the sports drinks I mean you know as I used to drink Gatorade like orange, it was, orange Gatorade oh, man, like there's it was, so much sugar in that. oh yeah it's all it's all fruits those corn syrup and um I stopped drinking those and but you also Jade you because I remember you had a uh, I had a basically like a sponsor sport yeah, group. Sport group. I had another dude who With, did it oh. first, and uh, he. Lo- I had seen him from when I first His met him to this point, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. And then I finally said, when I got honest, he's like, "Okay, are you ready? Because you got to read this and watch this and do this." Mm-hmm. And I applied these steps. Cause I'm not gonna lie; it was one of the hardest things. And people say, "Oh, it's a no," but I've kept it. I've done it, and I you know I end up losing 30, 40 pounds. Uh, you know, I, I I had to get an entire new wardrobe, all my suits tailored, all this other stuff. But the best part was my spirituality got even deeper later down the road. Mm-hmm. Because I really feel like the, the food was becoming, the certain foods, not all foods, but certain foods were causing the same blockage mentally at some of the drugs would cause that 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 foggy brain i totally yeah, have that yeah yeah 100%. and then the cravings and 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 mm-hmm. you know anyways i mean I, I wasn't at the point where i was lying i would just eat in front of people but like i would have gone that far for sure mm-hmm. if i hadn't stopped and so for me there were certain foods along with these steps i mean like i said you knew do these steps these steps that that feeling you know i'm not here to preach to you because this is no, you know, I am. Story, but, I wanted to. But when you opened up Brad, and you said you still be... feel that way towards your, you know, your husband, you're not with. Yeah. That'll go away because I remember. I, first of all, you are not alone in that feeling. I felt that way. Everyone I know in recovery who's been married while doing recovery, mm-hmm. they all feel that way. You mm-hmm. know, they always feel like, oh man, because because in, it's because you're in this vulnerable stage of humility in the beginning, and it's it's what we all need to get the trajectory that we want. Mm-hmm. But it's also very. It can be. It can almost we create a new shame cycle with it. You know, we mm-hmm. go of our own and we start selling stuff. You know, you don't. And so these steps will eventually get you to a point where you love yourself again in a, in a way that it a has lot that, of, a lot of addicts sabotage relationships. So yes, yeah, so they, they, yeah. they, they can embrace you'll you'll end up loving stronger. yourself more than than like it'll it'll finally not be because of your spouse or because of this or because of your kids. Mm-hmm. Even though like that's how I started going to the meetings is to get my wife back. Mm-hmm. who I am today is, yeah, I definitely want to be that one for her. But even if, 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 if that wasn't for her, I'd still be, I, I hope my, my recovery is so deep that it wouldn't matter. I would still be, I, I'm, it's for me. Right. And that's still a battle at times, right. you know, because the mind's that way, you know, and we have this disease, but um, you won't feel like that forever. But, you know, the steps are what's key because now you're going to start to realize, like I've said before, it's not the food. Right, it's it's what you're doing with the food, right? The food is just a solution, mm-hmm. just like drugs were my solution, and then you know, and this became my solution, and that. But then before you know it, when you cut all that out, you go well. So, yeah. question, Jay, like as you're going through the steps, you know, I yeah. go through and and you were saying like you wish you had something where you would like if it was a drug, I got to right. do a drug or whatever. But maybe I'm just yeah, I'm, maybe you could try this, and I think yeah. what this is what you're saying you did is There's you say s- I'm eliminating gluten. Or I'm eliminating bread or right. certain foods that you, cause craving. So you craving. could do that. 
with mm-hmm. specific foods. I could, like, totally. I could, like, if soda is an easy one, right? Like, you can just, um, do you drink soda? No. Okay. So I don't like carbonation. Um, yeah. But if it was but soda, like, yeah, right? Something you can like that, you know is bad. I, I'm going to do the 12 steps, and I've got 100 days... I got five days sober, six to get chips for. Yeah. Used to, yeah, it used to be donuts for me. That's what I used to count yeah, days I that. um, in Pennsylvania. But because Jay eliminated specific categories. Yeah, like I like he, we hang out a lot, and like he knows there's certain things like I just won't eat. I, I'll still eat a I've lot of my healthy food. I tested them. Oh, when I was wow, like, you yeah, were my strong. oh, yeah, there, you couldn't. You could offer me like a thousand dollars. I wouldn't do it. Like I was I, at a point I offered where him money. they offered money, film it, like this whole thing. Like, and I, there's no it's way be a viral video. Yeah, it was gonna be awesome. And well, it was it that been, you offered sure. that you didn't want to have? Uh, it's just anything. Like I would like donuts, anything. Like I wouldn't. I was touch gonna it. film a free day of eating. So these guys were eating so clean, oh. and like not even. We go to Mexico on a surf trip. Like our our guys surf trip. We're all the out best, once a year, right? The best tacos. You've got. Oh, I, I remember you. No, I listened no to the podcast and you said I didn't you even felt have tortillas horrible. and chips. Didn't even have tortillas, that, yeah. chips. Nothing. Oh, wow. No Magnum bars. You know the, yeah. the, the, the ice, ice cream oh, bars. Cream? So we would go get oh, ice cream bar every night because yeah, it's a hundred thousand degrees. No, I wouldn't even touch it. I didn't touch Gatorade. Only drank coconut water. Water, and that was it. They had nothing else. To Do drink you miss there. that food though? No. You don't crave no, it? Or not at it? all. Sometimes, no? No, not at all. In fact, the, the few Pizza times in the last two years... Pizza and pizzas. Well, this is the thing. So a few times in the two years that I've, 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 I've had some of those meals, the, the feeling oh, yeah. I have afterwards or within a week, if I have it multiple times, mm-hmm. is so horrendously horrible. My body literally shuts down now. Like, when we're out there, I'm convinced it's not just the heat. Like, I, it's, it's, it's having... Look, when we're out there, they have these tortillas, right? And after a while, you know... The second year I went, I did have them, and like uh, I got sick. This third year, I had them. By my third, fourth year, I started feeling sick. I'm telling you, I know it's those foods, mm-hmm. and um, and they caused me to want more. As soon as I had one, boom, I wanted another one. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, like, it's just like it's like rice. When I have rice, with sushi, I want more. I don't worry. There's certain foods that 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 you know. This is just the way they are. They break down into sugar. And our brain craves it. Mm-hmm. It's in the story. Like, this is what it does. So, it releases dopamine. So, Jay, Jay will send you the text or email, whatever well, I have you all got. Sorts all sorts of that. stuff. And I got all sorts of stuff. Maybe okay. you can pick all or some of yeah, them. But I don't want to, like, step on boundaries with your sponsor because yeah. I know you have That's a sponsor true. and I want you to do what she tells you to do. But I know for a fact, for me and along with a lot of other people that followed what I did, and and um, <clears throat> it's worked. And it's, 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 I've been able to do it for years now. So, mm-hmm. it's not like it was a fad. And I just, it was a crash diet. No, I'm, I eat still more than he eats. And I eat pretty healthy, you know? Like, not as healthy as I was and, when I was first did it. And if you're listening and you want hit Jay's eating uh, thing, DM or email or whatever, and we'll oh, send me Oh, yeah, out. I still have it. Because uh, I, I know you sent it to me. But, like, uh, send us a direct message or whatever, and we'll uh, send it out to you if you want to know well, what Jay's eating. Yeah, right? that's it. Yeah, I want to know. Let's get back to your... So you went to ARP in Pennsylvania for a year and a half? A little over a year until we moved here. Okay. Uh, how long have you lived here? About six months. Okay. Um... And how is ARP different there versus here? Like, it sounds like your stake was into it. Like, they told everyone to yes, go to it. Yes, the missionaries, I don't know, are they called missionary? Are you a missionary? I am technically, but I thought it sounded cheesy, and so I just wanted to be Brad. Okay. So the missionaries <laughs> who were called to... Did they be, sit in the front with, a, with tags? I don't think they... They didn't have okay. tags, no. So my indoctrination <laughs> is the ARP meeting I went to first, it was just James. And then I went to AA meetings, mm-hmm. and... It was no pretension, no one in dressed up. Like, I didn't know who was leading the meeting until, like, it started, right? And which is contrary to church is, like, you know. There's the leader. My name tag. I'm in charge of this. I'm presiding. Mm -hmm. And AA is not about who's presiding. It's about the group. Right. There's no one person higher. And so. They were extremely humble and never, like, we're better than you. We've got this figured out. 
So the wife was not an addict, but the husband was. Okay. So that was helpful to have one person who completely understood what yeah. we were going yeah. through. Um, the wife, they're an amazing, amazing couple. We had How many people in that meeting? <clears throat> I think the most we ever had was maybe seven. Okay. But usually there was three or four. Even when the whole stake was told to go? <clears throat> oh, th- then I moved. I moved oh. to a different area. Okay, that was a different stake. We moved to a totally different stake. Did state. you go to that meeting? When I didn't. Thing? Okay. I didn't. I okay. wish I had. But we had a little guy and just. Okay. Yeah. So the, you were in one stake when Excuses. you first heard about it. So you're in the mm-hmm. state president said, I And I always you wanted go. to go because, like I said, I've always and, known and, I had a problem. And you're like, but were you like, maybe I have a problem, I'm not an addict, but mm-hmm. maybe I got a problem. And these... I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how out of control okay. I was. And also it became a lot worse. Okay, so then you moved and then you went to an ARP meeting, mm-hmm. a general addiction meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And step one, so we'll get into my step one a little later, I guess. But so our ARP meeting there was awesome, wonderful, amazing people. They, we also had a family and friends meeting separately. What is it? What do you mean by that? So there's a manual. Now there's a new one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean, this was just a year ago. They had a a whole different meeting for family and friends. So the lady who ran that meeting, her ex-husband was an addict. So she had the spouses and the loved ones in a meeting and they met a different day. Which is our our Mormon version of Al-Anon. Right. Okay. Those of you listening. Yes, exactly. They met a different day. and Anyways, but our European meetings were always extremely spiritual. I always left feeling, like, encouraged, but I had never made a change. Okay. Didn't you have like, did you do the steps? No. Did you write the answers in the back? Yes, okay. I did. By yourself. By myself. Um, our ARP couple, they were. she was always like, you call me if you need anything. You text me. You call me. I will answer you. You know, your call... No, Anytime, there was a guy in our group who would call her every single day and had done that for years because they were the missionaries for seven years. And, um, and did they have sobriety? They did. Well, did this guy who called every day or whatever? No. Okay. No, he so didn't. My, my ARP hat, I'm new to this. I'm no expert. But if someone was calling me every day, I'm wasting their time because I'm not an addict recovery. I'm not a sponsor. Right. And so that that's a good, I, I yeah. shared today, good, better, best. That's mm-hmm. good that she was there and could show love and, and support. But in the church, sometimes you do a lot of enabling. And yeah, it's a God complex. It's not on purpose. It's just no, like I, I no, want to no. save. Like I, I want to help. No, that's why I'm here on earth yes. to serve. Mm-hmm. But addiction is needs a little bit different type of or service. Or if that dude was calling an addict. Another addict that has right. done the steps. When I have sponsees that call me every day, which I've had several, right. they their life dramatically changed. Like just, I mean, right. because of that, not, they're not, doing the not work. because of Jay. Not not at all. Not at all. Literally because no. they're calling someone though that can that knows exactly what they're exactly. going through right. and, and what they need to do and, and can call them out and see through. Sometimes mm-hmm. we like we talked about, we lie to ourselves. Right? Exactly. Not so on purpose, yeah. So was there sponsors there? No, like, we didn't have sponsors. We okay. didn't have chips. We didn't. When, when you read in the ARP manual about the trusted advisor or go through the steps with someone, what do you um, think about that? Well, yeah, I'm, we always wonder. When we read that, I we think I we've only known. This I would have done it with the with the missionaries, right? Okay, with with them. Did you do step four with them? And did I didn't. Them? I started step four a little bit later, but I never went over it with anybody because I didn't finish it myself. Okay. But I loved, when we moved here, the first thing I wanted to do was find the ARP meeting, the ARP group. First of all, back there, there was nobody that I know of who was in recovery. So no one had found any time? Not that I know of. Okay. 
um, sadly, like that everybody was, had. Sadly, really we hear that a lot. We get emails feedback all the time. Is that's, mm-hmm. They love the meeting. It's great. It's spiritual, but no one's got time under their belt. And mm-hmm. I think that's a mixture of a couple things from, from what I'm gathering. One is people get sobriety in the church and they never go back. Right. And I call it hiding the recovery under a bushel. Or we have got a plenty of members that have got sober through AA, NA, SA. Well, they don't tell anyone. They don't tell anybody. They show um, up and, and I'm like, they're active again. They, be, and that's they great. show up and, or they join they're the church or they, you know, whatever. They go away and, and they're still going to AA or NA, but it's a secret that they go to right. AA. And I'm telling those people, get to an ARP meeting. Because how awesome if you had someone was in there with, oh, yeah, I'm three years from Overeaters Anonymous. And now right. you've been... Oh my gosh! Like, I went to an OA meeting once and it was so weird, and I <laughs> but, did not like it. But if you had it. an OA veteran right. who's now applying the gospel principles, mm-hmm. like and, my sponsor is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it would have yeah. been life changing. Yeah. And then the and other, look at what the effect is starting to have that people have done this and not left. Like like you say, like now we have people that we can pass you to. Like when you come in, you could have came in here, you know, three years ago and be like, oh, I don't know anyone. Like you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean they're not out there. It just right. means that people aren't doing it, or right. they're doing it and they're hiding like, it. Like, today we did step two, and I wrote down even, the hope, I have hope from other people. Like, that's how mm-hmm. I get my hope, totally. mm-hmm. is looking at other people and listening to them, and especially people who have sobriety, time under their belts. Um, so, so the second reason is because I don't think we in the church embrace that sponsorship thing. We have a release side. Someone that's really good and great, mm-hmm. and they're awesome, and they're trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. But I can't, help. I can't help you. I can't help. They just love you. I they're can love the love people, right. but I'm not going to get you sobriety. They right. love you to death. Because the principles of AA, the 12 steps, are and one addict working with another addict. That's it. Right. The magic. Helen That's the magic. And I don't know how y'all came about that, because no, I was talking about No, it's not me. That's not us. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. For, to, you adapted to the ARP. No, I know. but that, that be, because it was already being done. So there, this is this random meeting, right? All the meetings in the world happen to be right here in San Diego. Here's why. Because I went to that one, and they were doing it. And I was like, I there was no, there's no, like, helpline to call the church and go, hey, I want to start up the ARP meeting. There's right. no, like, you can't go to your stake lead. Like, no one knows. I called LA Family Service. They didn't return my call. Like, uh, and, and, and so. It's true. Tra- it's all true stuff. Yeah. And so I, I went to 12, st- I went to AA, and I, st- I went online. Like, like, what does AA do? Like, right. we're not inventing this out of the thin airs. Like, we're just adopting something that is already proven to work. Millions. So, no, and I love that. But my, I told this to my mom, and she's like, well, they're not following the program of the church. Because you, you've adopted sponsors and stuff. And I'm so, like, Mom, they can do that. They it, have re, autonomy. Trusted the reason why they yeah. don't is because it's a world, because it's a newer thing in the church. And because and, I talked to the guy who started it, like, wrote this manual. It's like, well, yeah, if you're in Ohio and there's services. two people oh, there, he wrote if we book. wrote sponsors oh. and you don't have sponsors, then it would never get off the ground. Like, good, oh. better, best, right? It's right. good you, you just had a meeting. To, they have to have it, like, right. kind of watered it's, down first, it's, but it, it's going to get it's, not watered down. It's, but it's really good. good that you had that meeting, right? right. But it would have been got so much you here. better if there were people in recovery. If so you much, walked into a room like tonight with 40 people and, like, boom. That's gospel, right? And I called my the leader back in Pennsylvania and I told her, you need to do this, and or this is how we do it. I didn't say you need to do that, but I was yeah, like, this, this is how we how do it. it, and that's, that's this is how it's done, though. Like this is mm-hmm. the thing. It's not, and th- I well, can say it with conviction because it's here's, not us. Here's what's sad: is, is like, like you have a year and a half, how long? Seven years, and they don't have anyone with recovery. I don't. Well, no, in that meeting, 
They've been doing a, lots of stakes. Okay, but I've met with with group leaders. I'm like, you've had. I mean, this is not the only story. Been, we've heard this yeah. all over. Right. Like, all you, over. You've been doing this for five years. How many people have gone through the steps we've and met got recovery? The, the couples. No one, like, but they love it. They love coming. I'm like, that's great, but. And you're doing awesome. That's, but that, that, that's one part of the gospel, but that's mm-hmm. not what this program is for. It's not just a love. I mean, that's one aspect of it. Right. But the end goal is to get sobriety and get sanity back. And, to change your life, and right? Change to get your a life. whole new life. Totally. Not, we could so, all go to a room and read this book. I write the manuals online for free. And, and to your mom, like, we have a unique, the church is a top-down organization. Mm-hmm. A, 12 Steps is a bottom-up. There's no one better than anybody else in that room. Right. And it's a weird thing because we're so used to, well, if the top doesn't tell me to do it, I don't do it. In the church, right? right? In like the church. Exactly. If I don't if the if I don't get told what to do, I'm not gonna do it mm-hmm. per se, right? And 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 the re- where the origins of, of AA is one addict going to another addict talking, yeah, Bill and talking and to him, Bill and Bob, that's how it started. And that's how right. all AA, all twelve He's meetings, to the doctor is just doctor. one yeah. addict going to other addicts, going to other addicts. There's no top-down organization. The top-down organization just said, hey, hold on. Here's the 12 steps. Here's the 12 traditions. Addicts working with other addicts going through these things. It's literally all it is. And you go to, I love it. I think so, that it's the best way to go So that we have this sponsors. unique culture in the church of like, your mom's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't say that. We're not. Exactly. We're not, I'm like, okay. If you, what you're doing is working, keep doing it. But if you've been doing this for years or months or whatever mm-hmm. and no one's getting traction, there maybe... There's a meeting right here in the stake for 10 years. Wh- why don't you find out where it is working and let's... We're not... Because so I met with the top guy who the, wrote the book with, with the origins. Literally and started and that book. You're sitting in front he, of your hand. He got like, that thing signed off by the first presidency. Right. And, He's literally and in charge of putting the because entire... Because I, I want to know. Together. I'm like, hey, are we going... He's like, no, it's awesome. He's like, but... These beautiful, lovely why. senior couples out there, they don't have recovery. So, so there's areas of the church where there's no one with recovery. So that's a good thing to start. Yes. So we're going to start with missionaries. We're going to start with that. It's all good. But it's us as, it's us as addicts and, 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 members, and members and those that are addicts in recovery need to apply step to do 12. do what you did with me. Like you, you came to me and you're like, hey, you need to break your hand. Like I had already said I was willing to do it. So I already did it. Right. But he's like, hey, we're going to go around. Once he said, we're going to start this. We're going to talk to all the, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If he said no, I wouldn't have done this. Because it would have been, you wouldn't have 40 people. Like, it would, I would be the same boat. Right. I'd be up here, okay, great. All right, well, that was And he'd already that realized that, that was what was going to happen. If if there wasn't an addict ready to, like, be like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna sell this to anyone and everyone. I'm going to tell every story. Because I went to ARP meetings that had that, where people got recovery. They did the, they did the steps with the sponsor. That's what they do the steps with the sponsor. Do the steps with sponsor. With the sponsor. And I went to other <laughs> meetings, and I'm like, this is great. Like, well, so who's got recovery? Oh, we don't really have anybody yet. Holly been doing it. Oh, it's, it's great. I love the leaders. I don't want another calling in my life. Which you can't blame them. It's, it's great. Right. <laughs> but you've been doing this for five years, and no one's got recovery. And That's like a scoutmaster. It's like being a scoutmaster and never having an Eagle Scout. Right. Like, you love all the camp out and stuff, but your goal is to get Eagle Scouts. Yeah. And it the, wasn't the until goal. I moved here and y'all were like so pushing, you have to work the steps. Because you have it's to only, get a sponsor. It's not a, uh, and I was like, well, I'm doing that. I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I've read these. I, I, I answer the questions. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I need to work the steps, like actually put There's in the work doing and them the and effort. Living them, right? and yes. And after just listening to people's experiences and their stories sure. and the, the success that people have had is so motivating and inspiring. And I, I have, I'll never understand why people get recovery, and they don't ever come back. Because it's like Lehi's vision. You taste that it's pretty fruit. Rare. It's pretty rare. And you want to share with really others. really get recovery. People get sober. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so, and and then maybe that first year or two when they got sober, mm-hmm. they had real recovery there, and they were helping out, and they were part of a meeting. But generally, when people leave, first of all, most of them come back, and it's not in a happy reunion. Oh. And then, and the ones that do manage to, they'll show up still once or twice a year, or, you know, whatever, once a month, and they they're sober. Like you're right. There's a difference between sobriety. I I had a text from someone the other day. That said you know it's this is what it's about. It's about it was, it was he was applauding someone for not using and he was saying it's the life we get to have in because of recovery. Like the things I can partake of today, you know, for yesterday's mistakes is insane. Like it's like you, no one knew me, not even Brad. No one knew me besides Lexi. There was a guy here tonight that knew me. You know, but no one knew like who, how how I was. I was so different like it was it, it, it couldn't even you wouldn't even recognize the yeah. person I had become because of the drugs and because of the lying and because of the deceit and the anger and the bitterness you know and if I didn't walk into a room and have five other dudes and a couple girls look me in the eyes and go hey guess what you're full of crap all your excuses are BS mm-hmm. you have a problem and the problem is you and as soon as which which is actually that's great it's not that real quick which is contrary to church culture, because if someone, yeah. if your bishop said that to you, Gosh, you would say quit. the church is the church, you, the church is false. The church is this. The you church run out is this. Crying, complaining, right? But this is one addict to another addict that happened to be members of the church. Who had already heard his story, right? So this guy, this guy, these people, guy and girl, because the one who the facilitator was a girl. She's the one who gave me hope the first time. She said she lost everything because of drinking, and then got her son back. And looked me right in the eyes when she said it because she knew I was like mm-hmm. separated from my kid, and said, "If I can do it, you can." And I'll never forget that. Yeah. And then, and then when someone said, "You got the problem. The problem is you," it clicked that he then looked at me and said, "And because that's the case, it's not the drugs and stuff. That means you are also your solution, hmm. right? See, if drugs were the problem, you know, what does that mean? What, is, what if I stop them, then I'll be fine. Right. But I stopped them, and my life still had anxiety. I still woke up with fear. I still had resentments towards people and God. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I realized that, you know, it was all within me. It's all this this, this stuff in here, and that's what the fourth step, and you're cleansing it out, and then you're learning um, patterns and weaknesses. And, and then, you know, when we say we live the steps now and through the maintenance steps is because every day you're applying the principles from one through nine in your daily life, like 10, day, right. 10, 11, 12, a compass. But if you haven't done those steps, and look at it this way, it's like any exercise or any sport or any, any job, or you get a new job or whatever, like you're going to have a trainer, right? You're going right. to have someone that has, has done it before you. Otherwise, you'll fail miserably. Or you may get it, but you may spend a lifetime, a lot, yes. right? right? If you climb Everest, you're dead. You're dead. Right. And if you're going to conquer your mind and you're going to conquer your spirit and you're going to conquer your, your physical cravings, it's, 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 it's Everest. Most people will live their entire life on this planet Earth and never come close to scratching the surface to identifying who they are, looking it in the face, and then changing it mm-hmm. with God's help and Christ. And so if, if recovery is at Mount Everest, then guess what? People are still dead up there frozen in Mount Everest because they didn't do what the, the person ahead of them told them to do. That's how this would happen. I watched people come into the meetings in San Clemente, come in, do it their own way, and then we went to their funeral. Literally. Funeral, and then their parents come crying, or their loved ones come crying. And I saw it a few times. All it took, and then, it, like he said tonight, it shook me. I was like, "Whoa, I need to stop making excuses. I need to stop making justifications. I need to call a sponsor and do whatever the whatever he tells me to do. Whatever, even if it makes it doesn't even relate in my mind yet. Right. There's so much wisdom in that, and and that right there is top down to all of this and all these other people that want. 
you know, and they're responsible because it was what works. Right. It was inspired of God to be done that way ahead of the church with AA. God inspired, <laughs> you know, Bill Wilson for sure. There and Dr. Bob, there is no question. Totally Anyways, agree. Yeah. And if there's people who are listening to this podcast who their meetings don't have a sponsor thing set up, they don't have chips, whatever, take this back to your missionaries <laughs> and all the make other things. Make sure that they you're implementing these things into your program because that's how you'll but, see success. Because you've seen such a huge difference in just the, how long you've been here, you know? Six months, yeah. So when you months. first came in here, what was your first impression? Because it was you've been to <laughs> ARP for a year. I honestly I, I didn't feel like I belonged here. Why? Because I felt like everybody was, like, I was not part of this group. These people have their well, stuff Well, you came once, control. it got pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have, they... There's a lot of recovery in the room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I... Like the veterans, and you were a new newcomer, like, because yes. you hadn't got time, yes. sobriety time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely didn't feel like I belonged, like, this... Isn't that a trip? Because if you came two years earlier, and, like... Like, this is just this has just started to blossom over the last two years. Like the first year, yeah. there was one person that had recovery, and that was me sponsoring every single person that walked in. If it was a girl, I had to say sorry, because yeah. it's just not how it works. You know, it was sucked. It looked like so. You know, what I mean, it was hard. Yeah. But Another like, thing that's different. Sorry, to you. No, good. Is that you always say in that. the beginning they say focus on the solution, solutions. Not the that is a huge thing as well in this meeting. Every not everybody, that's not this but a meeting. lot of that people are That's your mom, your mom. Yeah, mom. That's the yeah, problem. Mom. That is it. You tell her. We focus on the solution, not the, not the problem. And that is a huge thing in this meeting. In our ARP group, people are positive. They focus on what they did do that was right. You know how yeah. they you want to be better. Now. There are people like, and it should be a safe place where you can come in and say, I had a crappy week. Mm-hmm. I totally relapsed. I did this and this. Oh, and they and do. This. You see it. You see it. Yeah. You've had those people come in and they're like, and that's they fine. Stuck. I think yeah. they yeah. need that's to. It's a safe place to do it. Exactly. Because where, where else can you do it? But for the most part, it's uplifting. It's. And it's because it's culture. It's it's they they because these people, most everyone was just like me or you. They 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 walked. In, this was their mm-hmm. first room. Mm-hmm. They ever walk into. And because we laid a foundation, following other people's foundation, mm-hmm. nothing new, mm-hmm. literally did ex- just, okay, that works, okay, I'm not going to change that. Because we see that what happens when we change mm-hmm. it, right? We try to do it our way. It's not about us. Like, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's about the solution, not the problem, for sure. Because exactly. if you focus on the problem, that means the problem's got you. That's what I heard. And I feel like our probably. missionary couple, they were really good at that, but everybody else, well, yeah, they, they were, were just like, their lives were put together. They didn't have problems. I I did this again. I know. I've been to those. I want to do this again. And so it's just like, uh, yeah. it's like kind of stagnant. It's the blind leading the blind, unfortunately. Uh, I, uh, if I was, in hindsight, like if I didn't have Jay, right, or or someone in recovery, I honestly would go grab some, I would go to AA meetings and I would say, look, I'm a member of the Mormon church. We do we a 12-step meeting. We don't have anyone with sobriety. Will you please come once a mm-hmm. week? And they probably and, will. And focus your cool. share on the solution. Mm-hmm. Teach these like, people AA. Let me show you this thing right here. Here's our 12 steps. They're the same as AA, but we've added some stuff. I just need you to share your witness on this steps. step that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And they would do it. You they find would for sure do it. You like, find people Us recovery. Mormons think, oh, are they going to be scared? No, I walk in the A st- I go to 12-step stores. I go to these born-again churches where, they like, they're, I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm Mormon. We do this whole, they're like, that's awesome. As soon as you say 12 steps, you're in. Yeah, they were like, I'm like, are we really going to talk about the Trinity here, or do we want to talk about the 12 steps? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drops it immediately, and it's all about the 12 steps getting nice. recovered. I'm like, once they get sober, then you can argue about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Let's get these people sober so their lives safe. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's gone to 12 steps would do that. 
Mm-hmm. And so that what I would say is if you're in middle America or some other country and you're like, you know, you're you, you inspired, you know, you got your testimony of this, but you don't have anybody's recovery, like your meeting there mm-hmm. that had seven people, no right. recovery, I would, if I was a missionary, I would say, go pull up AA.org. There's probably five meetings today in your town mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Definitely. And you go and just start hunting, going, you're going to find someone to come. You know, actually, we, had, we covered two stakes, too. Second thing is Three I would go stakes. to the stake president or bishops and say, will you please ask if there's, I guarantee there is someone in two stakes who's got sober through AA For sure. or NA or SA. For I guarantee sure. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just and, don't know about it. Yeah, that, it could be a bishop. We don't, yeah, because probably the bishops. It could there. be you someone, right? Yeah. Someone like someone has gone through the twelve steps For in sure. that stake. So yeah. actually, that's the first thing I would do. And if there happen to be zero members out of eight hundred people that live in two stakes, <laughs> then I would go to an AA. I'd go to a, a yeah. an AA meeting and and do that. And I guarantee you're going to find someone there. That's I mean, be Bill, able to Bill, Bill Wilson. This is how Bill started. When he got sober with his doctor, right, and he was going to the uh, um, the Oxford group, is a men's group, Christian group. He would go to I don't recommend this for people, but yeah. he'd go into bars, go into bars. Oh, he got to the point where he was things. so he knew that the only way when he finally clicked, the only reason why he had stayed sober his first year or so was because he was helping other people, his friends mm-hmm. and family were writing him. This is in the '30s, so everyone was alcohol. I mean, this went prohibition. I mean, drinking was to another level, even than it is now. And um, and people lost everything with the crash, and and um, he would go into bars finding alcoholics that wanted to quit, and then it got to the point where people started hearing about this guy that was traveling all around on his bike and trying to help people and this, that, and the other, and then they'd write him and come to him, and I mean his stories are insane. I, I barely know them all, but but I'm just saying, if if you really want to help people, then you you know you carry this message, you know, and it'll work. God will open the way. I mean. If you could have told me three years ago when he said we're going to start this, I remember thinking, the, I mean, San Clemente was just now at like 15 people, and that was huge. It was like, oh, my gosh, 15? I remember going was four or five, seven. Right. And, you know, 10 was huge, and now it's at 20 almost. And I was like, what are we going to, like, we don't know anyone. He's like, well, it's all right. He's like, you know, I remember th- we were all nervous. Pure leap of faith. Pure leap of faith. And, and I, people I showed. I just felt the spirit so strong there that, that I'm this, like, yeah. holy cow, that's amazing. Like, Totally. Like, it just hit me. Like, dude, if they can do it there, the Lord, like, I'm not There's people here. Yeah, there's people here. The Lord. They need it. The Lord's. We start speaking in the wards. Start speaking in the recite. Start speaking in the stake prayer. Start speaking on Fifth Sunday. Start speaking in stake conference. You know, all these different things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, slowly but surely, you know, this guy Darren walked in, you know. This guy this walked in. And Johnny walked in, you know. All these people started coming in. Mm -hmm. And they stayed. And they did whatever, you know, one at a time. Did the steps. Another person did the steps, and then once that person finished steps, the new person walked in. It wasn't on me. I said, all right. They were like, I need a sponsor. I'm like, sweet. See this guy right here? He just finished. And then boom. And the same thing, you know, and then boom. And then couples, and then boom. And then that happened. And then another couple, and then another. And before you know it, three years later, 40 people were here tonight. 40 people. I know. 40 awesome. people. And 40 people that if they if they were conscious, they, they felt the spirit because that thing was palpable. <laughs> it was really good. And, 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 and these 12 steps will save their life if they go out and do your testimony. But everyone shared everything. Mm-hmm. This is it because it's not ours. You know, it's not yours. It's not mine. This is, a, this is the, 12, it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it's laid out so clear cut. That's another thing I love about this meeting is the wives attend. I love it. It's amazing. Not just wives, because... No, for sure. Husbands and... No, the spouses. Yes, the spouses yeah. attend as well. We and encourage that's it. And huge 
benefit. So you found that, yeah, because your Cause your spouse came. He did. He yeah. came for the first time last week. I've been yeah, wanting him to get before, yeah, wrap to this. a meeting. He said it was very humbling. Yeah, he had a big meeting too. You, you can't uh, describe it to someone. Like I had you someone really come can't. tonight that it was their first meeting, and it, it we went in the other room talking yeah. after, and we were just like, wow, yeah. I I gotta like digest. I gotta I gather my thoughts. It would it would just happen, and then the second thing was like, does it always feel like that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. We walk out every um, week and go, that was the best one. So it one. can. Yeah. It can, and it, and it does. So if you're listening to this in your meeting, and I know there's a lot of go to us that are, they hear us talk about this, and they're like, that's not our meeting. I go, and there's three people. There's a missionary right. couple and two people. That's and, how my first two years of and, sobriety was. And Jay mm-hmm. lived through one that. One week. One week. But, I went to but one week. you can be that person. Listen, you can be that person. You can be the Jay. Right? You get sobriety. You may be the only person in that town that gets sober. You can do it. Um, and then I would say to the group leaders, get, get out, work, work the program as hard as these people need to work their addiction recovery, right? You have to work, you fast Sunday and talk about it, get up, get up, talk about how hard you have to work your recovery is, is uh, like, it's, ra- it's radically hard. Like it's nonstop. So I go to but my we work mind. work our addictions real hard, too. Well, you so. did, right. So, totally. but, so it's uh, selfish for me to think I can just show up here on Tuesday nights, and that's it. Right. So that's... Um, and that's what Xander told me, he said, because I've been coming mm-hmm. for over a year, yeah. a year and a half, and he told me change happens outside of the meetings. 100%. Because you, you come can, here to get fueled up. Yeah. Exactly. And what you do with it... Yeah, it you can drive it out difference. and burn it out, or you can go do what you heard and those promptings. And right. Someone's talking about their life, yeah. and all of a sudden you're clicking things in your life. Those thinking promptings have got me up till midnight recording podcasts and yeah, being very uncomfortable talking to other stake presidents and going out and doing yeah. things. But but the reward is then you get to see family stay together, lives saved. and Like you, I yeah. mean, you've been coming to all these meetings, and then you're here, and you're like, you have a sponsor now. Mm-hmm. Doing I it. finally got up the courage You're to get a sponsor because I wanted to mention this earlier to those people who are listening. Yeah. I don't want to come across as a hypocrite because I am not in recovery. I'm not sober. I'm, that's, when I asked you to come on the podcast, you were quick to say. Yeah, because I didn't want to, because ev- almost everybody you've interviewed sure, so you far. You a sponsor, right? Yeah. I do, but I'm not 100% with her either, okay. and I need to repent of so, her as so well. So here's your, well, no, you don't need to repent. You just got to do it. <laughs> yes, but I, what I wanted to say is that it took me, I thought I had completed step one a year ago when I admitted I had a problem. Honesty is step one, and you admit that your life is out of control. But for me, honesty came, I had to peel back more and more layers of honesty. I thought I had come clean with myself. Okay, Christy, you're out of control. Then I had to clean clean with my husband. Derek, I'm out of control. Plus, I've been doing all of these other things behind (laughs) your back. And even to this day, I still have had problems with that. My first meeting here, when we moved here, so a whole year after, I still had cash in my wallet. And I was like, I'm going to keep using this cash until it's gone, and then I'll stop. Uh, then I'll tell Derek the truth. I went home that night. I pulled the wallet, cash out of my wallet, and I said, Derek, I want you to have this because I'm going to spend it. And Progress, not perfection. Derek. Right, exactly. My hugest thing with step one, honesty, and I still struggle this to, to this day. That's why I'm not in recovery is because I do. I honestly want to stop my addiction in all honesty. I love my addiction. I love it. And that's why I have not progressed at all. I love my addiction. You love more your than, drug. 
I love it more than the Lord right now. I love it more than my husband right now. And that's why I'm not progressing. That's why I'm not allowing the Lord to come in. Like they say surrender. Like I feel like I don't even know what surrender means. Like how do I surrender? I can say, yeah, God, take this from me. But then I just keep doing what I'm doing because I honestly don't want to stop my addiction. I love it. It's what I feel like I can control. My life is so chaotic with my kids. Being a mom is the hardest thing I have ever done. I had no idea being a mother would be so hard, <laughs> but rewarding. But hard. So freaking hard. But harder. Harder than, more harder I, than rewarding in the beginning. My husband asked me recently, he's like, should I be worried that you're going to drink or do drugs? Because like every day I'm like, it's a drinking day. It's a drinking day. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like... Food is what I can control. I can't control the chaos. I'm really though. See, here's the thing. So let me let me stop you right there, because I heard a lot of what you're saying, and I identify a lot with it. I I have about two thousand days ish, a little bit more, right? Okay, and I'm still trying to get honest with myself with more things. Okay, so Mm -hmm. absolutely, it's going to be an onion. You're going to keep peeling it back. The Lord's going to show you new things. However. What you're saying right now is that that's part of that problem. That's part of that lie. See, that's mm-hmm. you're still caught up in that in that in that problem, and you're saying that you can control. See, that's 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 the disease. Right. Right. I thought I could control it too. You're still in. It's, this is where pills and stuff are different because if you're on drugs, it'd be really easy for you know. But because you're so coherent and you're nice and you're happy and you got the spirit because you're human and you're you're not sedated, right? On on right. a substance like that. It's what we're talking about, the difference of these things, but they're all the same. See, I'm seeing the underlining thing of what you're saying is no different than when I was sitting there saying, well, yeah, but I got it under control. Like, I have prescriptions for these. Right. No, Lex, Lex, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, but you know what? This pain hurts. You don't know what it's like to have this pain. And, right. and oh, by the way, you can't focus in school, so I need that other Adderall. Right. And by the way, you don't know what it's like to not know your dad, so I also need this this anxiety pill, mm-hmm. you know, or like or this or that. And so you get to this... You're still in that phase. You're 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 finally got a sponsor, which is the first step of change in in, in the story. Because now you've committed to someone, even though you're still not 100 percent with that person yet. I'm not because no one. And is I want to lie to her no, every day of and say you do. I ate this and I didn't eat yeah, this. but here's but I the don't. thing: you, you're still in that phase where you're thinking you can control it. You can't control your food. Mm-mm. No, it you, you think me. yeah. I was gonna say not only does it control you, it's destroying you. Because if you were in control of it. You wouldn't be in this room. No. You wouldn't need to be in this room. You would, if your husband said pound sand, you'd say see ya. Like you'd be in control because you're li- you've got you were in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. but you're in this like you're in that weird. You're like you're on the edge and you're tipping and and your part of you's trying to hold on, the other part's trying to let go. But as soon as you take, like the stripping war, until you take all your the Lamanites at that one time when they came, they bury their weapons, mm-hmm. everything. That's what I've been mm-hmm. saying a lot lately. But like until you really come to the odds where you will lose everything 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 not just your husband your children your right. life everything your your afterlife everything all the stuff that you hold dear to you and if you continue to use food this way because it will eventually be something else it won't just be food eventually right right you'll end up on some other medications you have to be on right that's what happens mm-hmm. to the food acts they end up with type 2 diabetes. They end up losing limbs. Then they end up dying, right? A lonely death. Definitely. And um, the problem is, is even me saying this, there were times where I, you know, I, I lose my son. That's horrible, but it's hard to accept. It's hard to really feel it until you hit bottom. Some of us have to hit a, a deeper bottom than most. I mean, you saw someone here tonight. I've, I've, he was legally died twice. 
right? Like medically died twice and he's oh still God. out using. So, you know, everyone, everyone has to hit their bottom. Maybe you'll, maybe that will be you. Maybe it won't. There's the thing. There's one statement that says in, in the big book of AA, it says, you know, the only, there's only a few, there's the unfortunates that don't make it are those who are incapably being honest with themselves. You know, they're unconstitutionally being out. The honesty is where it starts. And that's why you said you're still in step one. You're on step one, but you got to, you got to, there's still something in you that thinks you can control, you know, that you're right. in control and you're just, you're not. Like, you think you are because you're not as bad as this person or that person or whatever and your life's good and you're starting to work. The pro- you're making progress for sure, which is amazing, but you got to get to the point where every time you say a statement like the ones you were saying, you stop yourself because that's the problem, mm-hmm. not the solution. All the excuses, the minimizing, so the excuses. joking around about it. I was that way too. Trust me, I'm the biggest yeah. manipulator there is to myself. Mm-hmm. Every time I would start talking, Xander would cut me out because my wife wouldn't talk to me. So I hung out with Xander a lot, and because um, <laughs> he was single, and you know, life was falling apart too, and we're trying to put it back together. And he's like, "Bro, I don't want to." Finally, he's just like, "I don't want to hear it anymore." And he's like, "You just keep complaining. You just, you're so foolish. You don't even know it." And that's what he said to me, and I remember thinking, I was like. I didn't say it to him right there, but I remember thinking later, I'm like, I'm so full. And then when it finally comes, when you when you get hit with I was talking tonight, when you get hit with that, I don't know what it was. I, I it was more of a gift than even getting off drugs. It was a gift of like seeing myself for who I really was. It was the most uh liberating and hard hardest experience of my life. I I, I say I wish I could have that now at sometimes, but no. It was so hard because then all the facade was gone because I had finally the drugs lifted. I'm sober now for a few months. And I just remember I'm like, I'm a phony. My whole life has been a phony. Mm-hmm. I'm a taker. I don't give. When I, when I do give, it's because I really want something in return. You know, I, I serve, but only because I want a reward. You yeah, know, whether it's good. in, yeah, it's this, yeah, I'm doing it for some manipulated way to make myself feel better. Right? I'm not doing it because I actually love this person. Mm-hmm. I didn't go on a mission because I wanted to serve people. I was doing it out of fear. You know what I mean? These, these things that we never really want to get really deep into those layers and say it out loud, materialize it so it's real, mm-hmm. and it leaves this, 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 I'm pointing to my head, you know, for those of you listening, <laughs> because when you're in your mind, it's, it's not real. You're in this, you're in this, you ever caught yourself talking about in your mind of what you would do in the future? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to say this and do this and do that. Before you know it, you're talking about things that don't even, you're not even in the present. You're in some land that you, it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. And so, you know, if I were you, I would do whatever your sponsor tells you to do and, um, and work on an exercise. And it says in step one to make a, a writ list of the things that you would lose. Right. Right? And a list of the things that you can gain, which you don't even we, I gained everything I thought I was going to gain. I would shortchange myself. You don't even know what you're going to gain. Right. But, but it's, it's, it's life or death, and that's why I always bring it back to life or death, not to be downing in the meetings, but because no. it is life or death. It is. Definitely is. It is life or death. Like, it's life or death. And, and if it's not physical death, it's spiritual death, yeah, and, which is worse. I'm saying, li- living emotionally psychotic like I was or you were or anyone else, that's just as bad as death. In fact, that's worse. You're tormented. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I was saying that I can control my food, I think that's what every addict lies to himself about. J.O. said, like, it's not a, it's not a, it's a quantity problem. Quantity problem, it's a quality, or it's not a quality, like, I, I had a quantity problem. Like, I, yeah. if right. I could control my, how much, then I was okay. I needed these, and I'd be okay. Exactly. So that was my always lie. Mm-hmm. That's what always kept me going back to the pharmacy. You think you're in control, but really, it totally flips on you, and that's how Satan drags you totally. down, is 
your drug or your addiction starts to control you. And then Satan wants you to think you're in control, and that's how he continues to wrap those cords around sure. you and around you. Until so what you, you got to do is every bondage. time you have a conscious thought that you can recognize, because sometimes they flow in so quickly we don't even recognize. Every time you have a conscious thought that sounds like the lie, the problem, you have to. I would say it out loud to myself when I was single. When my wife left me, I was sitting at home all the time. I didn't have a job, detoxing. I would say that's the problem, not the solution. I'm like a nut job. <laughs> I was just restating these statements that I would hear and hear that people would tell me to do, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I, it would work. It, it started to work. It started to all of a sudden like my brain wouldn't go to the problem anymore, mm-hmm. right? And you can reprogram yourself. You know, people pay thousands of dollars to have these neuroscientists do all this. You can do it yourself. But it takes rigorous honesty. You know, James Kennedy and the other me say rigorous honesty. I never understood what you just get honest one time. What does that mean? Right. Rigorous is because it's every freaking day. It's every day. And it's not just about the food. Sometimes every moment. It's about it's you, like the way you treat every- your kids. It's about the way you treat your husband, the way you treat your spouse, the way you treat yourself, the way you talk to yourself, the way you talk, look in the mirror. All these things. And, and people go, oh, that's too much. But no. As soon as there's a book called The Road Less Traveled, and the first thing says, as soon it says, life is difficult. And as soon as we can accept that fact, mm-hmm. you can transcend it. Because life is no longer difficult. See, we're not really, we don't really, we're not freaking out that it's hard or that you have the steps are so hard and so long. Because like I said, there are 10 questions, right? You're freaking out the fact that you have to do it. And as soon as you just get over the fact that this is going to be difficult for a time, and this is just change is not easy and it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. You're liberated from the difficult part. And you can literally change tomorrow. I know that. I lived on my mom's couch detoxing from six different prescription drugs while my child, who I got once a week, I couldn't even take care of him because I was so sick. And my mom had to go to work. She'd make him breakfast. And luckily her, par- her condo was so small that he could run around and not get hurt. And I laid on there shaking and shivering by myself with no one. And I could have easily picked up the phone and got more drugs, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I went to one meeting a week, and it saved my life. But I had to get honest, and I had to stop lying to myself. All of the lies, not just the big one, that there were the drugs. It was also the ego and the, the rudeness and the laziness and the sloth, all the weaknesses. And then because I had a sponsor, he showed me how to leverage my strengths. And then, you know. And the steps take hold, and here we are. That's why you need to come to our ARP, ARP meeting. No, you just got to. You have room. the wisdom, Jay. <laughs> we don't have enough room. No, 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 just listen to this and share it. No, but this is just what oh, someone shared your, with me. Yeah, because like weaklings like me no. learn wisdom and but new I, ways I, of. I, I see you because you're the, uh, kind of a newcomer. Yeah. You, I promise you, you yeah. do what these steps are. You get honest. You do them with your sponsor. This weak thing will become a strong thing. Uh, and I, I cannot wait for cause, that. Because the people you don't know, I saw yeah. them walk in here. You don't know these. The, the much ones she was intimidated by. The ones you were intimidated by because of all that, yeah. they were they were in a worse place than you. Sitting here like this at the table. Yeah. Like, like, right? I mean. The, their their spouse did leave them already. Yeah. You know, and, and, and. But now this life's all together. Yeah, because they did it. And now they're helping others. And, and they're the ones that's, you're at awe with them. That's you will, what you will do. be that way. I promise I you that. I want to so you, badly because I love this program. This is what it starts. It's there for you. I know. This I know. is it. I'm it's freaking do it. So this is it. But you, you, what he's saying is, is your reality. 
Like you will do that for other people. You will come on. I'm, I'm gonna make a prediction. If you do everything that she says in one year from now, you will come back on this podcast, or probably even shorter than that, and you'll be sharing that you completed <laughs> the steps and you're sponsoring someone. I promise you that. I want to so bad. I know you do, but you. But you, do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, this part of you that doesn't want to give up your love, your addiction, what gives you. No, that, no, no, because this is where I don't agree with you anymore. Because, yeah. like, I, I don't. Like, when I got, finally got honest, I finally like got honest. I finally got honest that yeah. I was so honest that it was like, what? I remember taking my last pill. I'll never forget. I took, yeah. I won't get in this because it's been long. I took my last Percocet. And someone that bought it from one of the dudes that was actually here tonight. And, um, and, um, and he had <laughs> stole it from someone else. Anyway. <laughs> and I remember taking it. It was around Christmas, and I had my son. And Lexi wasn't with me, and it was pretty devastated, right? She was pregnant with her second child, and here was my life back with my mom on the couch and um, I took the Percocet and, I'm, and I had been sober for a, a month or like three weeks so and I detoxed already so I'm like this perk's gonna be one perk back in the day would do nothing and I thought I'm gonna get high and it's gonna be great I'm gonna have a great Christmas right I took it and it did nothing for me it didn't make me feel sick it didn't get me high it did nothing the only thing it did was make me hate myself and feel disgusted and I'm ne- I'll never forget I, I went into the bathroom and I looked at myself, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're still chasing something that won't work anymore. And at that moment, I remember thinking to myself, but that was it. I'll never take another prescription pill again, ever. I'll never do it again, because it's not going to do anything for me anymore, ever. And I never mm-hmm. did. And, and so when you say, like, I still want, I'm like, no, I don't. No, and I, and I, but I remember what that was like to say that. Yeah. But then when I finally got honest with myself, in a quiet bathroom before I did the steps, before all this, I had what they called the moment of clarity. I was like, this is it. This, this, is, this is it. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that, that experience. So when you get fully honest, you will have that experience. Yeah. Everything else is gradual at times. More yeah. with Heavenly Father and yeah. Jesus Christ. You need to pray every day. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and you shall be able to. Ask. I do. I know. Every day, you got to get on your knees. Every day and pray. Every day, help me get honest. Mm-hmm. Like really Stay honest. honest. To the, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, once you get really honest, that's what I'm telling you. The promise is, if you do these steps, it's gone. Yeah. If I if I didn't believe that 100, percent I would never make someone go through that. I'm doing the fourth step and talking about all that crap. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I thought that there was a chance that it may not work, like I sell products right for a living. Mm-hmm. If I thought that you know there's always a chance it doesn't work, well that's fine. It's money. It's a risk. But if this is a guarantee. Yeah. People always say, well, you, you think it's so good, can you guarantee it? I can guarantee this. Because I've never seen someone do the 12 steps and walk out and go, see, it didn't work. No one's ever said that, ever, that I've known. Everyone who's finally did it goes, you're freaking right, man. And then you see them here, they're the people, like you said, that you're walking and you feel intimidated by it. They're just a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. There's a few more days ahead of you. That's how you got to look at it. Yeah. I really do want it. I do. But then you're getting it. Make it happen. Well, if y'all don't get anything out of this podcast, uh, thanks for humoring me and letting no, me have this amazing. hour session of therapy this, with this Brad amazing. and Jay. No, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> you know how many people are listening to this I that felt, are identifying with yeah. your story? No, That's you, why we do you, this. You've made some impactful shares, and I've seen you grow since you've been here. Totally. And uh, that's when I, I don't know, it was a week or two ago, I was like, man, I'd love to get her on the podcast because where she's at is a, yep. a, a, a critical phase. We don't get a lot of people at this phase that are very honest. Um, yep. And I mean, um, so it's going to be neat to track to track and track months, it along. Yeah. And so in and a year, I'm going to be here. We're going to get email. Trust me, people are going to be listening to this, and they're going to write, and they're going to go. That was they identified with everything you shared. Yeah. 
So this is this is. Yeah, and I hear it. I'm like, you just replaced food with <laughs> yeah everything. You've else had that's so in many people room? in this chair that you. It's all the same. Yeah, right? you replace that food. Everything mm-hmm. you said was the same with cigarette, nicotine. Weed. It is crazy how I can it's, relate to people who look at pornography and I'm I've like, had alcoholics came and they. I had a buddy right, the dude who, who's Jewish actually right. He's not even a member of the church. Came to the meetings and I remember thinking after the first, there was like, this is another meeting on Wednesday night and. Um, I remember it was uncomfortable because it was all, there was no alcoholics at one time. I'm like, man, I'm like, he's going to think this is like crazy. What am I doing? And afterwards, I was like, hey, dude, do you want me to take, we can go to another one where they have more alcoholics and actually like, no, that's amazing. He goes, everything, that food, that, the dude with the food, that's what he said. The dude with the food thing, he's like, that's, that's me with alcohol. This is a non-member, non-Christian, solid alcoholic, no problem with food whatsoever. Uh-huh. No, no, and he goes, I related, he, he said exactly what we just said. In one meeting, he's like, I get it. And right. he came and he got sober. He's sober still. Did these steps. So, anyways, thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. It's amazing. Thanks for that therapy session. Yeah, right. <laughs> for all of the therapy yeah, problems. For all of us, yeah. <laughs> all right, until next time, this is Brad. Jay, Max. Blesses us with love. Please send this day thy spirit from above. As is thy son, accepts a call from thee. Help him, we pray, to learn humility. Direct his footsteps every day. And keep him ever walking in thy ways. Inspire him as he spreads the gospel plan. Lord, hold him in the hollow of thy hand. In the hollow of thy hand, as he grows from boy to man. Thank you.
help is understanding deep.